Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast, Temple Archives books, Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. Just like last time, we've got lots and lots of little subheaders there. My name is Noma, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Sounds like yours is going a little bit better than mine. <laughs> I'm excited to go through this book. This is... Uh, That's true. Timothy Zahn, he's my man. Oh, yeah. This is definitely a very fun book. I could have, like, a table, like, a round table full of, like, whiskey and, like, favorite authors to just talk to. It'd be Charles Soule and Timothy Zahn right now. <laughs> Fair. Throw Patrick Rothfuss in there just because... <laughs> yeah, Patrick Rothfuss is really good, too. And my other co-host, Ed. Yo, what's going on? Yeah, not too bad. Sounds like we have similar energy levels while Dan's uh, bouncing off the walls. Always. <laughs> Absorb Always. all this. I, I, like, gotta, oh. I gotta radiate the energy for you guys. <laughs> Absorb it. <laughs> well, to help burn off a little bit of that energy, before we start off, we've got a new thing that we want to talk to you guys about. And uh, Dan, why don't you tell the viewers about that? Oh, yeah. We have something special for everybody. On May the 4th, which you may or may not know is Star Wars Day every year, we... As a podcast, want to get on the hype train for Star Wars, as always. And last year, we did a giveaway for some Lego sets, some Death Star speakers, and some other merchandise. Uh, I think it was a puzzle, a Boba Fett puzzle that we had. And this year, we have a May the 4th giveaway. There are two ways to enter, and the prize is going to be very special. It's going to be a copy of Limited Run Games' Star Wars Republic Commando for PS4. But it is a physical copy, which is not, you're not able to buy that unless you buy from limited run games. Um, there's only so many that they make from the pre-orders. And so this is going to be a limited edition thing. Comes with a whole bunch of different things, such as the physical game in a PS4 case. You get a commemorative metal coin, a thermal detonator enamel pin, some really nice concept art cards that they made, a steel book for the actual game, a reversible 18 by 24 poster with two different sides to it, a certificate of authenticity and a uh, slipcase for the entire set of all that. And it is such a beautiful set. We've talked about it on the new show before on HoloNet Headlines. So if you are wanting to do that, you can enter in two ways. On Twitter, you can retweet and share the link of one of your favorite episodes of ours with the hashtag VoiceForcePod to enter. That's all you have to do. You just find an episode that you liked, get the link for that, put it on your Twitter feed, and hashtag it with voice force pod a little blurb helps with people understanding why you like the podcast the winner will be announced on may 31st delivery will be when it is released it's roughly going to be in october so just a heads up there's going to be a little bit of delay from when we choose the winner and when the podcast actually delivers the product you can also enter on instagram and this is uh same prize but it is uh, another way to enter the contest and on instagram you must be following our account like the post Tag one friend in a comment below on that post. And uh, if you repeat step three, as many times as you want to tag as many people as you want, but only one person per comment. Every time you make a comment with a person, you get an entry. Just make sure that you're not tagging a celebrity or a company because those won't be counted. But that's another way to get a whole bunch of different entries. And feel free to join in on this contest and win some pretty cool prize for Star Wars Day on May the 4th. Yeah. All right, and now that I'm back, I'm just immediately going to pass it off to Ed. So, uh, Ed, do you mind telling us what this podcast, Temple Archives, is about? 
Absolutely. On Temple Archives, we go over Star Wars canon. That can be anything from books, movies, TV shows. What we do, we summarize the story for you. Now, we have a bit of a discussion on it and try to see how it relates to any Legends material or current canon material or past canon material. Um, now, after this discussion, we if we don't state it before, we try to figure out where it may fit in the timeline or how it connects to other material. And if it does, then we give you a little blurb about that and see if you know, if you want to read this and figure it out, maybe you should read these couple of things first or recommendations. Pretty much that is where that comes into play. If we miss something or you have something extra to add, you can find us at voiceoftheforce.com. You can email us uh, with voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Just like the contest, if you want to find us on Twitter and Instagram, you will find us with the handle at voiceforcepod. So, yeah, you already know you'll be retweeting stuff to try and get entries into this content. You'll be posting on different posts or tweets, and uh, retweeting, reposting, tagging, whatever you have to do. When you do this, it also spreads all the info around. So, I mean, it's a good way to share stuff, and that way you can definitely show off how many entry posts you've gotten on there, and then maybe somebody will want to compete with you, which will make you want to post even more, which helps everybody. But if you like what you hear and the contest is something that you absolutely love, then please listen, rate, review, and subscribe and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. If you leave a five-star review, you might get a bonus entry to the contest. What? Is that a thing? Uh, maybe not. But nope, 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 nope. <laughs> <laughs> no bribery here, guys. It will not be. But, <laughs> but if you it want to do it anyway. a very nice thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Dan is saying, you should do it anyway. But, you know, you never know. If you're the only one who enters the contest, you consider it a bonus. And that way you get it for sure. And then you left a nice review, so that would be great. <laughs> but seriously, if you... Slide us a 50, we'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> then just that go buy something yourself. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, yes, but remember to listen to the outro of this episode because on Temple Archives, we're always going over stuff so you can figure out and prepare yourself if you'd like to join in the discussion for what we're reviewing next. Could be book, TV show, movie, but whatever it is, you will find out in the outro. Back mm-hmm. to you, Oma. All right, so speaking of reviews, let's jump into ours. So, like we said at the top of this episode, we are reviewing the first Thrawn prequel book. So this is Thrawn Ascendancy. Chaos Rising. This book, the author is Timothy Zahn. The cover artist is Sarovsky. We've got the book design, which is by Elizabeth A.D. Eno. And the narrator is Mark Thompson. So there's two different covers for this book. We'll go over the first one real quick. But uh, yeah, the first one is I really like this cover, uh, mostly because it is some great foreshadowing. We've got a silhouette of Thrawn, and he is casting a shadow that just so happens to look like what is eventually going to be the ISD Chimera. Yeah, it's so cool. uh, Yeah, and we've got that Chimera symbol on there. And other than that, there's nothing else. It's just like a kind of bone cream white kind of background with this silhouette. It's really minimalist, but it's really nice. It's really minimalist, but the Chimera uh, emblem is very detailed, which I really, really like. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, overall, this is a great cover. I I really like the look of this. It's it's kind of minimalist in a more traditional sense than the Alphabet Squadron novel covers we were looking at beforehand. Yeah. But yeah, overall, it's very striking. It's definitely got that like hero detail. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have like the the shadows showing you Thrawn's face or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like he's too far out to show that. 
there's no angles or anything on the the shadow behind him that's the like the camera mm. it's just like a flat 2d kind of thing but there is perspective here because of the background foreground right mm -hmm. the one thing i would say is i love the n and how it's like cursive a little bit but it reminds me mm. i just was thinking i'm like it looks really nice it reminds me of the Nespres or like nespresso like huh. n so it's like <laughs> drawn getting his calf espresso <laughs> in yeah. the morning just let's go <laughs> let's make our coffee like he doesn't even eat so yeah exactly really, right? they never have a scene with him having a meal or something or somebody is like oh it's, it's another character we'll get into i think e eating isn't taxing one up for thrown yeah exactly <laughs> and then like the the contrast i would say like the black on the gray background with the red chimera and the red ascendancy word like it all just is so simple but it's striking mm. yeah it's so good hit you in the face with information striking Mm -hmm. Yeah, as well as that, we've got the now out of print, the special edition cover. It's like the company's uh, actually called out of print. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's out of print now, but, but yes, but it yeah, is called it is also out of print. Yeah. <laughs> so the cover art for this one is done by Magale Venenueve. I'm sorry. Venenueve. Yeah. I apologize if I've butchered anyone's names, especially uh, Magali's here. But uh, yeah, this one is a little bit different. We are seeing Thrawn in his young days. I'm assuming what he looks like in this book. It's So it's a young Thrawn. And then we've got a very nice kind of contrasty background where it's him in his... Chiss expansionary defense fleet uniform. So we've got that kind of black, almost kind of Puriel-esque uniform with a kind of nice orangey dark background to contrast them nicely. It's really nice. It looks really, really good. It's just really weird to see a young Thrawn. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like I it too. I really like it. Mm -hmm. I thought it. At first, I thought this was a cadet uniform. Like, mm. it, it seems like it's not military enough to be that, but like a cadet, it kind of looks like. And it just, I don't know, like, it's really nice. And mm -hmm. it, it basically, like, if you had this... Okay, let's let's put it this way. If you were in like a really nice, like ritzy royal palace, and like you walked in, you saw this really big painting of the person that like built it or something. This would be like what it looks like. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. one of those it's, like big portraits. Yeah, yeah, the historical portraits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what gets me about this is that nobody has come to a consensus on what the Chiss eyes actually look like. Yeah, um, yeah. in different media you'll also see it like it's gonna be all red or it'll be red and then you'll see like a difference for the pupil mm -hmm. or you can have rebels where it's just a clear like it's red but it's a, like regular eye mm -hmm. um and in this take like it's almost like a muted dark background with that like the red being like where your where your uh, iris and pupil would be yeah so it's just like you know you can, you'll be able to see that red move around as they look around because you have the mm -hmm. white on the outside yeah kind of like i still think it'd be like really dark like okay. black like red on black almost okay. kind of as they look around or red on a very like very dark gray mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. but it's it's cool because i like that look because it definitely shows you can see more facial expression out of that um, what they're staring at or if they're just not listening to you at all or something just like like have their eyes to the side and it's glowing mm -hmm. in this picture too which is really exactly. cool exactly because when you see them in like the old republic or stuff like that, it's like all red. Yeah, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. barely a hint of like movement, so you can't really tell with that. Mm -hmm. so this is the interpretation that I like the most with Chiss. Yeah, that makes a lot. Of, yeah, and and the the pupils looked a little bit weird to me in Rebels, so I definitely get what you mean there. But uh, yeah, overall, really really nice art. And from here, let's go into our spoiler-free synopsis. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. 
As a distant threat looms over the Chiss Ascendancy, Senior Captain Thrawn attempts to destroy the enemies of the Chiss while fighting them and the Chiss political machine every step of the way. Along this path, Thrawn learns new things about the tactics of the species around him while reflecting on his own past mistakes. All right, so yeah, very quick, very uh, nice little spoiler-free as, as much as we could synopsis. But uh, yeah, overall, I feel like we're all going to have very similar thoughts in the spoiler-free discussion. But what were you guys' overall thoughts on this book, Ed? So I'll say right away, and this is probably a later fact too, but if you at all have read any of the... Um the D&D, like the Forgotten Realms books for Drift, mm. you yeah. will find extremely similar points to... Themes? The, the themes, yeah. To the Chiss Ascendancy and the Dark Elves of Men's of Ransom. Especially with the types of families that are in power and the structures that are built upon and how they interact with each other and all the double dealing and all mm. everything that goes in in the background like it's huge and as i was reading it for the first time i was just like man i can just take one up and just copy paste and put on the other they'll mm. there's slight differences to it but they're close enough <laughs> where like i'm seeing these things and i'm just like wait who am i seeing here because i'm starting to see dark hells instead mm -hmm. of chips but and that's it like those are already captivating like you sometimes you knew what was going to happen but you wanted to see how and those books and i found myself thinking the same way in this no so the fact that it was already thrown which i was heavily interested in and then we get to see how <laughs> society actually operates it was like yeah i, I want to see more like at this point i was just like how similar can they get but also mm. what makes them slightly different and they have they have their their ways i don't want to say too much on that yeah great discussion but it's awesome to the start of a series for building the foundation of something that we kind of knew but always wanted to know more about it was good like there's there's a lot in it but it's paced well it's well thought out there is opportunity to learn more but for what you need to know you get perfect like there's nothing that you'll go into after being like well they haven't explained this and they haven't explained no there's there's none of that son explains everything and in mm. such a way it's like you you get it organically as the story goes along and you see how how different, just like Dritz is different to the rest of the Drow, how Thrawn is different to a lot of the Chiss society. Not completely different, but he definitely has his own little bubble that he operates in mm -hmm. and can and he has help, which is much different <laughs> yeah. than the other ones, because Dritz did everything on his own, where it's like mostly whereas thrawn everybody's trying to actually actively help him mm -hmm. in their way and it's up to yeah, him to grow yeah he's got his own little web of yeah. uh allies and and people like that no and that's a great point that i never thought about yeah like the biggest difference between the chiss and the drow is that there isn't an angry spider god controlling everything about i mean uh, that we know of yet <laughs> <laughs> please no <laughs> I, I can't imagine. It's maybe it's the chimera itself. He's sacrificed himself. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh my and then god! The fact that he still has it, it's like, hmm. <laughs> maybe we don't know all about you, yet, but okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. It's interesting. Definitely worth a read. Mm. No, I definitely agree with that. Dan, how about you? I am really loving this series. Ed, was this the first time you read this book? No. Okay, no. this is my second <laughs> time reading through it, and it it was good. I picked up on a lot more, I guess. 
but man yeah you're right like with the ruling families and like the chis society and the ranking fa like family rankings and political hierarchy and military rankings like there's a lot dropped on you in this one and you're trying to sort yeah. through like what is what and who is who and where's where i really i really enjoyed it as much as i said in like alphabet squadron that like putting too many characters at the beginning of a book and like just killing them off and it's like you don't know who you're supposed to be pulling to right this one really streamlines it like they they do introduce a lot of things and like they just be like okay i know i'm focusing on thrawn and people are that are immediately around thrawn so we know that but like who are the important people right and we get that and it kind of expands through certain things and like as things maneuver in the story you kind of get introduced to more characters but it doesn't go too far i don't think in like into directions that we don't need to go it goes just enough i think timothy zahn has a formula for thrawn and he he's not sharing it with anybody because it's it's amazing like what he can do with thrawn and everything with the chiss i just i don't think anybody else could write thrawn the way he does you know what i mean like they did a good job in rebels mm -hmm. but i mean just listening to this book and like the other thrawn books that we've read in the past not on the podcast but personally it's just so good Timothy Zahn, you are a mastermind in like a master class <laughs> in in writing books and stories. So mm. I highly recommend buying this book. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, you guys have, have made some great points. So I'll, I'll just expand on those a little bit more. Yeah, and 100%. The world building in this book is so good. By the time I was done, this, this, is, this is my first time reading this book. But by the time I'm done, you know, I was done, I know a hell of a lot about the Ascendancy. I know how the political structure works. I understand how that stands aside from the military and everything else. And, you know, the, the intricacies of the families and stuff like that. The only thing I didn't know, honestly, by the end of the book, was how much space the Chiss control. But even then, they do a pretty good job of outlining the rest of the galaxy and what, you know, exists in that little section. And even why, one thing I really enjoyed, they even explain why the rest of the galaxy hasn't made contact with it. And without going to spoilers about that, that was something I was always curious about. So the speed and efficacy in which he explains that and then puts it in a setting where I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense to me, was really impressive. So then from there, then breaking down everything else about you know, the chiss and everything in this book was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, same as Dan, you know, if you like, especially if you like Thrawn, but if you're even interested in, you know, parts of Star Wars lore that we don't usually get into, the parts that aren't touched on by the rest of the galaxy, definitely, definitely recommend this book. Yeah, the one thing I would say is, like, the, the thing that stood out to me at the very beginning of this audiobook was Mark Thompson saying, a long time ago, beyond a galaxy far, yeah. far yeah. away... <laughs> Right, as like yes, because it's in the unknown regions, right? Yeah, yeah. Or as we will find out later, it's called the chaos. So yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, get into that. This was this was the book I read just before I started getting to forty k. Nice. So the last Star Wars <laughs> thing that I remembered from then, and it was right in September, and I went mm. right into Xenos after that. So it's just like those are the two okay. books that I can still remember really well. Yeah. Because of what came after and how much I liked it, it's just like mm. they were right up here for me, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Nice. But no, there's a specific thing I want to talk about, which oh, yeah. goes into the galaxy beyond the galaxy far, far away for the spoiler. Okay. Yeah. And I was I was going to say it's ironic that you mentioned 40K because one of the things I want to talk about is how there is an element, a very much more light element from 40K that's mm -hmm. in this book as, as well. But uh, yeah, at this point, I think we've run out of our spoiler three. I just wanted to say one thing before we moved on. and We didn't really cover it, but like the narration for the audiobook on this Mark Thompson is a god of narration. Oh, he does, really good. He does yeah. 
voices so well for Thrawn and all the other characters in this book. If you are debating whether to get the audiobook or to buy the novel, buy both. The audiobook is so good. <laughs> get your novel for your collection on your bookshelf and then just listen to the audio. It's so it's good. Like, follow along with it, honestly. Like, there's... Yeah, no, there is specifically a character who I can't mention right yeah. now, but there was a character that he voiced and it actually shocked me nice. when he started doing the voice for it. Cause I was like, that it's not supposed to sound that accurate. What? Yeah. 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 He's good at this uh, stuff. Yeah. He, he did a really, really good job in this book, but yeah, from here on out, this is the spoiler warning, as you can probably hear from the wailing sound. So from here on out, we're going to be going through all the plot, all the characters, everything. We're going to just assume from this point onwards, you've read the book. We'll give you a very small recap. But yeah, spoilers be ahead. You've been warned. You see this baseball spoilers. bat? This baseball bat is covered in spoilers and it's coming for your head. <laughs> yeah, spoiler, 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 spoiler alert. And with that being said, let's get into, I'll, I'll go over the plot really quickly because like we said, we're assuming at this point you've read the books. But yeah, so the plot of this book is pretty interesting. It is basically going through the fact that Thrawn has realized that there is a threat coming at the Chiss Ascendancy that we get in the form of the Nikar Dune and their uh, benevolent general or uh, general, general Ye yeah general Ye of the benevolent and so what we end up getting is Thrawn and his very few allies and slowly gaining some allies in this race against time to try and preemptively strike the Nikar Dune before they can attack the Chiss Ascendancy which is tough because the Chiss Ascendancy has a very very strict do not attack until attacked first policy so we get into that and we get into a lot of the politics of the Chiss and, you know, we get into a lot of the obstacles that Thrawn has to get past to actually get his plan into action without getting into humongous political trouble. So from there, we learn about his allies. So he's got uh, General Bakif, yeah. yeah, General Bakif, Admiral Aralani, and then we've got former skywalker which is their we'll version get, we'll get of, into that yeah, we'll get into that but but basically uh one of the ways they travel through hyperspace uh so we get her and that is uh what's her name Theory. thurlian astropath no Thur Th uh thurlian yeah astro exactly right navigator <laughs> former navigator uh, uh thalius thalius yeah and uh the current navigator cheery and yeah, them basically having to go through all these planets, deal with all these different aliens. We get the Leowani and we get the... Leo Owen. Leo sorry, Leo, Leo Owen. <laughs> we'll get Leo you. Owen. We'll get you back. And the we also combine. get the... Yeah, the Vac Combine. And there's someone else. The Ga that starts with a G. Gawian. Uh, Guild? The, yeah, the Gawian. Uh, and the Navigator's and, Guild. The Pathfinder Yeah, and the Navigator's Guild. Guild. Basically, you get all this crazy lore thrown at you and it does end with basically thrawn doing this pulling off this crazy daring maneuver to basically capture general yiv and end the war before it could begin and yeah that is that is a honestly that is a very very uh, brief and sparse yeah summary of the whole thing because if i went into the details of it it we'd be here for like half an hour it's incredibly intricate there's a lot of politicking it's really really interesting overall and yeah, for our own spoiler discussion here, we've also got all of the things that we learn in this book that Dan wanted to go over. I think we should go over them, but very quickly. Because yes. there's a lot there's a in lot. this book. So, I want to say one yeah. thing before we get into that. Mm -hmm. I'm just laughing in the background here because I'm just thinking of 
whenever I listen to General Yim, he's supposed to be intimidating and scary, oh, but like really I, yeah. time, but you know why I'm laughing, right? Exactly. I think, yeah, I think so. All I could see was boss freaking not or whatever. Yeah, oh, boss 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 boss. <laughs> all I could hear was boss <laughs> nuts. Like, oh my friend, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god. No, but you had the best way to describe it. It was very confusing to me because when he first showed up, I was like, okay, so he's Jamaican for some reason. And then it's like, and then he's got these like tentacle things with him. I'm like, cool. So it's a Jamaican with alien dreads. What is happening right now? Yeah. It's just, but yeah, Boss Nass, I didn't even think about that, but oh my God, yeah, it's, it's basically awesome. his grandeur. I think that's what he was trying to go for. And it kind of turned into yeah. that like Jamaican accent. It was like his grandeur. He just wanted him See, to be like this big, booming presence. Yeah. You guys hear Jamaican, I hear African. Do you? For when he was doing oh, that. Yeah, I heard big African. Yeah, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's true. That is true. That is true. No, it's like, okay. <laughs> Let's go with it. Let's okay, go. That's how we're going. Because then you get Russian Aralani coming yes. through. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man, there's some really good ones. I love Samacro. He's like this like really gritty voice. Too. Mm. Oh, I love it. Buckheath was one of my favorites. Buckheath like, was yeah. good too. He was kind of. I was hearing you, Lauren. Yeah. For yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. His, that's his your Lauren voice. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm trying to save you. I was just like, He's, you can say all you want. You better not do it. He's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But oh. speaking of voices, Mark Thompson's Thrawn voice is great. Oh, my God. It's I would really I would, good. If you're going to put him in live action, use either, <laughs> you know, Lars um, Mikkelsen, or if you can't get him, get Mark Thompson. Do no, the voiceover. Like, the first Thrawn book you're listening to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, shit. Yeah, yeah he hasn't no done any of then. the, like, the original Thrawn any, books yeah, from I've, this I've, canon. Yeah, I've read you know most of the original thrawn book but i've never listened to it and it was great because in this book they he starts talking before they introduce him and mm -hmm. as soon as he started talking i was like oh that's Thrawn. yeah i know this yeah because coming from the, other ones, the old ones i was looking forward to it so much i was like is he gonna change the inflection for when he's younger so mm -hmm. good really? so it still sounds the same as him mm -hmm. but it's like yeah i figure if he's that kind of that then yeah. he wouldn't change his voice i'm gonna all check much I'm gonna check and see if yeah. Mark Thompson's on is on cameo because I just want him to ASMR like anything. I'm just gonna type in like words <laughs> in voice, and just be like Mark please. Thompson, please, in Thrawn's voice, just just say these words so I can go to sleep every night, please. Like, it's <laughs> iconic as Morgan Freeman. Yeah, for, yes. and like, it's you, soothing. No, yeah, it's like you. It's part of the reason why you get so wrapped up in the Thrawn books. I yeah, find, where it's like you just want to listen. It's like, very. This, as much as you would want to read it like it's it's got that even yeah even if it's just an asmr thing like you you want to read this and just kind of like do nothing else like i was i was doing such a monotonous task while listening to this book that it made it better yeah because there was nothing to focus on i could just be like i'm all in for the book and what i'm doing is like oh i'm done okay next mm -hmm. thing oh I'm done. because even if, if you study to this you will not learn anything no you gotta oh, yeah. it's a lot of information in this book Mm, but getting yeah, into something that you don't have to put a lot of brain power through while listening to this. Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. Getting into these Chiss Society, I've written all this out because I found it on yeah, yeah. the Instagram for Star Wars books, Del Rey books. In the okay. new Greater Good book that's coming after this, they least, break down on the front page, like the front page, like the rolling families and all this stuff. So mm. I'm gonna go through this quickly, and yes. <laughs> it will help if you listen to it in the book. It will obviously explain it more. But there are nine ruling families that look over the Chiss. There are mm. the Ursa, the Arizi, the Dasklo, the Klar, the Chaff, the Plick, the Bodil, the Myth, and the Obic, or Obic. And of those nine families, there are different family ranks of how you are like ranked in the family from like top to bottom, I guess. So you have just family ranks are blood, so you're part of the family by blood. Mm. Cousin, 
ranking distant trial born and merit adoptive so i just wanted to go over the last three just quickly so merit adoptive is if you are not from one of the nine ruling families and you show good promise that you have a good like maybe like you're really smart and you're like really good tactically like thrawn is or you're really good politically and you can like navigate that kind of stuff they're like oh we see this person going through school and they're going to be good let's put them in the family because mm -hmm. they will make our family look yeah. better right we so want then, this talent right yeah. so they offer you merit adoptive you can accept that and then you have to then take something called a trial and if you pass that you're now a trial born and you can't be kicked out of the family essentially so like you're Still not blood or cousin or uh, anything like that, but you are part of the family and you can't you can't leave. Basically, mm -hmm. they won't they won't kick you out. And then at that point, there's another thing you can become, which is ranking distant. And I believe at that rank, your blood basically you are able to can. Yeah, uh, you're you're allowed to have kids to, basically. Yeah, they they say that you're allowed to mix your blood, blood with the main family line. Yeah, which basically does mean yeah you're you can, part of the family at that point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For merit adopted, your DNA will be passed born, on. Just like yeah, we want to see if you're a trial yeah. board, It's just like okay, cool. It's just like here's our retainer at that point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, but like as soon as you become ranking distant, it's just like oh no, he's family. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like you get oh, to yeah. pass on your DNA to you know generations. Yeah. So yeah. and then. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Also, and then also specifically for uh, merit adoptive and trialborn, because they do go over it once in the book, yeah. where they say once you're done your tenure in whatever you get into. So in Thrawn's case, you know, once he's done his military tenure, you're no longer merit adoptive. You're you're just basically phased out of the family. Hmm. When you're trialborn, then if you were, for example, to finish your military tenure, you'd still be part of the family because mm -hmm. you've now you know proven that you are good enough to still be part of them exactly uh so that's, that's where like the main difference kind of comes in and then we have the political hierarchy mm. so within each family there's a political hierarchy okay mm. so we have the patriarch which is the head of the family the speaker which is the head of the family's delegation to the syndicure which is like the it's the, like the ruling government body of the of, yeah of the different families right made up of yeah. the different families we have the syndic prime so the head syndic of that family the patrial, which is the uh, person who handles family affairs on a planetary scale of a whole planet. Mm. The counselor, which handles family affairs at a local level. And then the aristocra, which is a mid-level member of one of the nine ruling families. Okay. Mm. And then we have a lot of military ranks and I'm not going to go into yeah. <laughs> because it's similar to just normal military ranks, but there are tons. So we're not going to go into that, but that is like the breakdown of Chiss society, essentially. Mm. And, and yeah, the book throws all of this at you, but it throws it at you in such a way where it's easy enough to understand. Honestly, the only thing I, I didn't really get a grasp on, but I wasn't really paying attention was the political hierarchy. Mm. Just because, you know. For, for those, for all of these, like the nine ruling families, you, you, you meet about like three of them in this book, really. Mm. But for the, the ranks and the political hierarchy, they do it in a way where it's very progressive. So it follows like, it follows Thrawn. It and you see how he becomes what, and they go into detail about that. It mm -hmm. also follows, um, what's your name? Aralani? No, Thalius. Alias. Oh, yeah. It follows Thalius as well, and she deals with several different members of the political hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And from there, so they kind of give you like a little handle on that. Like, Patriarch, we meet, we meet a syndic, I believe, yeah. as yeah. well, and then we meet an aristocrat in Thrawn's case. Yeah, we meet a whole, so, like, a lot of these people, basically. Yeah, so it gives you, like, the, here's the regular level, like, the lord, my lord, my lady of the family or whatever, then it gives you the, okay, this guy deals with stuff on the level of talking to other planets, and then we meet the, the top guy who kind of just chills. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like yeah so for everything like that like you you will understand this it does sound like a lot but mm-hmm. again zon does it in a way where it's just like it's a lot but it's a lot that you'll remember mm-hmm. because it'll be there organically in the story where you want to know all these things as they're going on because they have some interest to the main characters that's right uh the one thing i wanted to say is about the naming scheme for uh for thrawn and the chiss is that when you are not part of a like a nine ruling family you have your own family name that you're born into so yeah, you have uh, your own family name, which in Thrawn's case was Kivu Ra Nuru, his like name with his original family, and then he became uh, his his core name. The middle part of his name is Vuron, right? And then when he became a myth, he became Mithrar Nuru, and then now he is named Mithron Yorodo. Okay, so when you become mm. part of the nine families, you drop the first part of your family name so like instead of our last names right we would drop that and then pick up the myth as our as our last name mm. but in the chisk case it's the first part of your name you know what family you're from so mm. thrawn is now part of the myth so his mithron yorodo right and that's it's it's complicated but once you get the hang yeah. of it it's not too hard just go with it, the core it's names. Still, it's still pretty difficult like you, you go through that and you're just like i think i have it and then you try yeah. to do it with some other prayers uh, okay, no, you're just this. Yeah, it reminded me that you do coordinate. It reminded me of a, and I'm about to. If you're if you're not if you're not a Warhammer fan, I'm about to lose a bunch of people. But it reminded me of a more complicated and simultaneously less complicated method of naming than uh, the Adeptus Custodes do. Because mm. for real quick lore for that, the Adeptus Custodes basically they start with a name, normal name, and then every time they do something that is worth remembering in their history, they add a new name onto that. So, so it gets that's, longer and longer and longer. Yeah, to the point where, like, the commander of the Adeptus Custodes had, I think they said he had, like, 480 names. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, so his, his entire name takes up the in, the interior of his breastplate, basically. Nice. So it's just, it's yeah, that same kind of naming structure or, you know, like, uh, slightly more, I guess, culturally... I don't even want to say culturally deep because that makes it sound insulting to other cultures, but a, a lot of other cultures that put a lot of emphasis on the name, it, it sure. reminded me of a lot of those kind of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, so you get all, like I said, but you get all of that, and a lot of the details aren't necessarily as important as other ones. We went over the nine ruling families, but there's really only two that you need to keep track of in this book. Mm-hmm. Maybe three if you want to give Bakif, you know, a little bit more spotlight, because he's one of the only people who's not from the Arezi or the Myths. Yeah. But uh, yeah, overall, it does really kind of centralize around two-ish families in this book. And, you know, from there we get our characters. And that's part of the reason it's only really two families is because Thrawn is from the myth. And so is, uh, so is Thurfian. And uh, so Thalius. is, Thalius. Uh, yeah. Thalius. No, no, Thurfian and Thurfian is Yes, Thurfian is. Yeah, he's a syndic. He's, yeah, he's a syndic. He's, yeah. So like, you know, we're dealing with the myth a lot of the time. And then the Arizi is where Aralani comes from. Yeah, so we get her, and then the other syndic. I can't remember his name. It starts with a Z. Oh, okay. he's stupid. Don't worry, kid. Don't yes. worry about him. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. will get angry with him as because I'm don't. Oh, worry. You'll hate him just as much. They're so annoying. But yeah, so we get a lot of those uh, things. And yeah, there's a lot of really interesting characters in this book uh, that I really enjoyed. I mean, Thrawn, obviously. You know, we're we're really seeing that even from his early days, he's really had that same mindset that you see in, you know, Rebels and... Uh, Basically everything. Heir to the Empire. Yeah, exactly. The Stalmu is the other syndic, sorry. <laughs> I just had to say it. Yeah. No, that's fair. But yeah, we got a lot of really interesting stuff with him. And then we also get to... The one thing I thought was really cool is that, you know, we get to see that young Thrawn is a slightly more fallible Thrawn. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, the two plot lines we're really getting in this book is Thrawn dealing with the Nikar Dune and then uh, young Thrawn dealing with the uh, Leo Leo AOI. Yeah, Leo AOI. I'm, I'm never going to get that name it's right, hard. but whatever. Trust, yeah. <laughs> The but fact what, I didn't have to read it, I thought helped, but even hearing it, was oh, like, yeah. how would I even... Leo A.O.I. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, I was thinking of Aeoli. That's how I remember it. <laughs> Lions and Aeoli. That's fair. But yeah, one thing I really liked was, you know, we're getting this whole thing, and we get a lot of mentions of the fact that he, he messed up in that incident, and it was a big blunder. And I was like, what is a huge military blunder for Thrawn, though? And it turns out, not, not really. It wasn't bad for the Chiss. It was really bad for the Leos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a really interesting twist because I actually didn't see that coming at all. Because, you know, as it turns out, he basically, he thinks that they're pirates, so he helps the guys that it looks like they're attacking win. And then it turns out that that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. That, you know, for whatever reason, they were actually trying to fight the, I can't remember their name either, the, the, the gal something. The, the Gawians, Gaw- right? Gawians. Yeah, Gawians. Yeah. They're, they're trying to fight the Gawians, and then once Thrawn helps the Gawians win they're basically now at a point where the Gawians are going to take over the Leo AOI mm-hmm. and conquer their section of space. Which it's a makes really Thrawn... cool way of doing it too, a way of it's... communicating his plans. Because yes. yeah. the, the Chiss Ascendancy has this rule where they don't involve themselves in other people, in other uh, alien yeah. politics they're, or military they're basically, matters. They're basically the UN. Yes, yeah. and they, can't, they don't attack anybody unless they are attacked, mm-hmm. essentially, right? And they protect those around them. Right. It's a it's a great scene though in the book when oh, when yeah. the dawning realizes he's like oh wait you fuck <laughs> um okay guns out yeah. <laughs> so what what well, Ron does yet, but, oh, what God. Ron does with his strategy to let them know like is he basically he can't and the the just can't they can't abruptly do that and they can't actually take yeah, they, they're just sitting they in can't combat help the battle. they're sitting yeah, they can't help in the battle and they yeah. can't talk to them so what he does is he hooks up his Questus, which is like an iPad, basically, like a data yeah, pad. Data slate. Yeah. And then he oh, yeah, takes, like, basically hooks <laughs> it up to <laughs> a cannon, and he modulates the cannon to be on a frequency that can transmit messages, and shoots at, get so the he, message. He translate it through laser. Right. So it looks mm-hmm. like they're kind of still firing something, but not enough to actually do damage. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Right, so he fires it, and it shoots a message at the Gawians, which is it's a, a whole strategy of how to beat the... Uh, other people, right? Leo AOI, which, and then you just see the whole battle completely shift, and then they win. And it's like, mm. what the hell just happened? And then Thrawn comes up, he's like, "Yeah, the the cannons are modulated, and they're good to go." Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, what?" And he pulls a Garrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the calibrations did their job. Yeah, and one thing that I did like from that as well is uh, the technology in this book. It reminded me of, uh, because I like, you know, my own people's history, it reminded me of kind of like Japan's history, where because they're isolated, their technology just ends up being kind of not as good and behind from the rest of the galaxy. Yeah. Because they're not using blasters in this book. They're using spectrum lasers. Spectrum lasers and electrostatic shields. Shields. But that's that's what I want to Everybody in the unknown regions is using electrostatic shields. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They... So the the conventional the conventional shields that we see in Star Wars they don't exist. They're projection and, shields or something. Yeah, projection energy shields, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. and particle that, lasers as well, and everything. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah particle cool. lasers, and, and and you know they're using uh, the Chiss are using plasma spheres as well. With yes. I don't really, yeah, I don't really know what that. I guess that would be the equivalent of like turbo lasers, worst turbo lasers. Yeah. And then, yeah, acid bo- acid missiles, which was also Those interesting. Those are really interesting. Yeah, the the uh, breacher missiles. The yeah, way they because the way they can fire them in in through space because you know they they'll open up 
but mm. they'll still send out the fluid that's inside. Yeah. So there, everybody's freaking out. Like, don't let that hit. So you're like, you're sacrificing other ships to take that hit. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't hit the flag. Like that's exactly. You can destroy a breacher missile very easily, but if you destroy it, it's not done. It still yeah. has the, the blob of, of a acid coming towards your ship, and you have to mm. get out of the way because it's going to hit you. Which it's it's nice to see that where it's like you know you, you destroy a thing in space and the shrapnel's everywhere, but it might not do much to you, but it's still traveling. Yeah, but yeah we don't yeah. really comp we don't get that because it's not like a oh yeah this is dangerous anymore. No danger event is gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the event horizon for this is just still happening, right? Yeah, right. And I should also mention because when I say you know Japan's technology, some people might think oh but Japan's so much more advanced. Yeah, but in the in the eighteen hundreds and nineteen hundreds when Japan basically was introduced to the West they were still using really, really, really basic uh, muskets and, you know, bows and swords. Whereas by that, by the, the time they had met the West, they were already dealing with, you know, uh, flintlocks and matchlocks. Mm -hmm. And uh, their their style of warfare had, was basically beyond what the Japanese had encountered when they encountered the West. Right. So that's kind of that area that I mean, because at that point, um, when the flintlock and matchlocks, I can't actually remember which one it was, whichever one was... Uh, more advanced i think match locks but i might be wrong okay at the point that they were using that the japanese were still using the corded wicks in their oh, uh, ball okay. muskets so yeah. yeah you'd literally be like spinning the wick and lighting the fuse and watching it go into the gun so that's like the level of technology difference where it's like yeah we're still using the same things but ours is a couple of generations too old at this point right so do you want to get into what Thrawn picks up later on for technology? Yeah, that's, what, yeah. that's what I was about to say, right? Because we get a point and I actually, I freaked out at this point because like I said, my first time going through it. So there's a point where basically Thrawn is going out to try and find allies and they run into a swarm of droid ships. And I was like, that sounds like the Separatists. Yeah, they wouldn't have actually left the unknown regions though, right? And then they start describing it more and I'm like, oh, it is the Separatists. And then they see uh, a scout ship go by and... You know, Thrawn makes these these interesting analyses about it, and as we I learned later talking with Dan, it turns out that the scout ship is actually piloted by one of the Naboo handmaidens. It goes to yeah, Batu, yeah. It it goes to Batu, and uh, basically on that droid planet, Thrawn finds an you know a conventional energy shield. Well, they see it, and he looks at it and he goes, "Wow, that's more advanced than anything we have." It'd be really cool if we could get it, but I don't know if we could. Yeah, they're basically just like, hmm, I want this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then they go to Batu, and at that point, I was like, this is really weird. But What's I don't remember Mo Mokivja. Mokivja? Yeah, yeah. Mokivja, so there's a when they see when that, they see that, Duja, oh yeah, that's the planet with uh, yeah the with the yeah. droids. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so they they follow uh, Ducha's ship, and that goes to Batu, and mm -hmm. then while they're there, I was literally like, I was listening to it, and I was going. Oh, I mean, this is kind of cool. They're talking with the Republic, but I don't really see how. Oh my God! I forgot he. I forgot the Throne works with Anakin at one point. Yeah, <laughs> this is General Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Is that the yeah. voice you were talking about, Noah, from the earlier? Yeah, it it shocked me because when Mark Thompson's doing Anakin's voice, it sounds really, really close. It's to like Andrew Matt Lanter's. Almost. Yeah. It's very it, close. It, it reminds me of when Anakin says the line, um, "You underestimate my power." You underestimate my power. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the tone that he uses there yeah. is the same kind of like Anakin tone, where it's it's the more kind of forceful, angry Anakin yeah. tone. Okay, Mithra Naroto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's like, <laughs> no, it's Naroto. Yeah, that's Mithron what I said. Mithra Naroto. Yeah, Naroto. Naroto. Yeah, Naroto. I'm like, how hard is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I loved was that during this point in time. 
Thrawn takes Chiri, who's the Skywalker, and teaches her how to fly the the craft, yeah. right? Because she's yeah. oh man, her her character development is fantastic in this. Oh yeah, mm. and so she the the best part about this for me was like they're flying in, they see the droid separatist ship, and she's like, but like yeah, the droids are good, but like what if they take out like the command vessel and like all the droids stop working? And it's like yeah, yeah. well she also yeah she, she points out something I never even thought of. He's nine years like, old. Well, she points out something that I thought was really cool, too, because it's something I never thought of where she was like, what if someone just hacks into it and changes their programming or goes yeah. to, you know, infiltrates the facility and screws up their orders? And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that was a huge um, gap. Schooling, in man. Yeah. That was an attempt at, I don't know, fuck, I don't even fucking know if this is Legends anymore. Uh, <laughs> I can help you with that. Anymore, I can sorry. help you with it. But there was an attempt to do that by the by the Republic, and they could not get past it because... Ooh, okay. um, Either it kept change. It was, I think it was the Travis Boys Omega Squad who was trying to do it, and they couldn't do it because they were on planet trying to do it. And the the command force was changing. Yeah, it was changing Mm. too fast and too much for them. If we do something now in five minutes, they're going to reset to something. I'm pretty sure that's canon. Is it okay? I'm pretty sure it's canon. Yeah. If it's if it's Omega Squad, it's not canon anymore. But yeah, they might have repurposed that. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of good character development in this. But speaking about that as well, we got something that was bugging me throughout the entire book until they brought it up, which is that they call their navigator lights uh, Skywalkers. Mm. And I was like, God, that name just screws with me because every time you say it, I, I'm just being reminded of Anakin. And then Anakin shows up. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell? Why is he named the same? Is that a position? Yeah. Is he? Oh, it's his name. Yeah. And then afterwards they're going, yeah, it's just a weird coincidence. And I was like, yeah, no, it's a weird coincidence. So the one thing I want to bring up mm. just so then it's kind of clear. So Chiss mm. are force sensitive from a young age. Some chiss. Mm. Some chiss. When you are force sensitive at a young, like at a young age, they put you in the Skywalker program, which basically well, turns you into a navigator. Yeah, specifically females. Yes, right? yeah, because so there get, are no male Skywalkers. Right, you get seen. put into a role as a Skywalker. So basically, you have this like chair that you sit in, and you can like mentally go through with the force to predict basically hyperspace lanes that aren't there to mm. navigate the ship through the chaos because it's so chaotic. Yeah. Very different from hyperspace. That we have in our in the galaxy that we know right mm-hmm. now sorry mm-hmm. does that not sound similar to oh, yeah. somebody who's using paths to go through things oh, yes that? yes it's a good point yeah, yeah right yes. so it's just like when i heard I that i was just like i couldn't say anything because you hadn't read the book gotcha. so i was just holding my tongue for this for the longest time because <laughs> i was just like it's interesting but it's not like it hasn't been done before. So yes. do the Santecas have some kind of weird connection to the Chiss? Maybe the older they cool. get, the more they can connect to the Force, possibly? that's really weird, because mm. as we see with Force-sensitive people in the galaxy far away that we know, you have to like full-on cut off your sensitivity. Even if you're not trained, you still have some connection to it. But with the Chiss, it's like, oh, the older you get, the less connection you have. It's like, is it because it's being drained out of you at that point? The more I think you it's just biological. Like it's like a, your body starts to just shut itself off from the force to be force sensitive. I don't know because it's, it's by yeah, like it's, age of thirteen is when a Skywalker fourteen, it 14 is yeah. when you're you're done, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Thalia so was was, was an 18, anomaly, right? Yeah. Or somebody was an anomaly who went. Uh, Thalia, Thalia. Yeah. Thalius, Thalius burned out at thirteen, and it was supposed to be fourteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. we had some great points where like she navigates into a four star system, Cheery, and mm-hmm. I'm like holy shit this girl is fucking crazy i love her yeah well and it's interesting because i i didn't even think about the pads because when i was listening to it it just sounded like like we were kind of talking about the navigators in warhammer 40k Mm. it sounded like them kind of light right where it's you know instead of oh no the strain was too much our ship is going to be devoured by demons now Mm -hmm. it's i have a headache 
but you're right the pads that's really interesting is it is very similar to high republic stuff so this is also a topic go ahead ed yeah because something that needs to be stated is like in galaxy far far away when you travel through hyperspace you put it on autopilot it's a smooth ride Mm. but with the navigators and the skywalkers for the chiss they got to maintain that focus for hours and you Mm. have to have their nanny like right behind them either like cooling them down with like pad with um like wet cloths or cool cloths or anything like that because that ride is bumpy and you're a kid yes and it goes Mm. to show you like you need to focus because everybody on that ship's being like we could just die yeah this isn't plotted in it's nothing she's going on feel she seems see where the end point is and it's just like all right we get there how do we get there and i can imagine Mm. them jumping like because for their inter-system travel, they're not using, like, far jumps. They're micro-jumping, yeah, basically, mm. around, right? Whereas anybody in the Republic could be like, okay, I want to get there, and just boom. Yeah. yeah. So that's another thing I think he's trying to figure out in terms of, like, with shield technology and everything else, it's to like get a hyperdrive. Yeah. Yeah, one of their hyperdrives. And it is interesting, too, because we talk about the, the Skywalkers, but they have the Navigators as well that all the other races have to use, where it seems kind of like that same thing where they're Force-sensitive. The yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're force sensitive a little bit, so it helps them navigate. But their strain is so much more that they have to actually put in sensory deprivation helmets, mm-hmm. yeah, so that they can kind of get closer to that level. And the Chiss do. It's interesting because I don't. I assume that they're right, but they do kind of mention that the the Skywalkers are better than the Navigators. Right. Actually, and it's a secret. They just have to. Yeah, it's a secret to all the other races, and so they have to sometimes hire those Navigators to pretend. Yeah, they need them. Like they need Which is one like of the biggest problems in the book. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. It's huge. It's it's biting them in the ass a lot. Um, Some, also, somebody, somebody gets a hold of a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, that might be in the beginning, I think. And it's just like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, God, uh, we can't let them know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sorry. that brings me back to my other point uh, with the Anakin Skywalker thing is because when Chiri and Thrawn are out in the outer, the outer rim area, and they see the Jedi Starfighter hyperspace ring. They go up to it and they're looking at it. And then Anakin, that's when Anakin comes up and starts talking to them. And he's like, get away from that. And he's like, oh, I'm just looking. Like, it's really fascinating technology. Mm. And so they were just kind of looking at that, which is really cool. I, I just, I find it fascinating the way they do different things and like the chaos. And then also in, in like our galaxy that we know. And the one thing is that Thrawn does get a hold of one of those energy shield generators. Um, so they are able to use that in the final battle between General Yiv, the Benevolent, and the Chiss Ascendancy in the Leo AOI or the Vax? Is it the Vax Combine? I think it's the Vax, right? The Vax the are the Vax, ones that are in the final battle. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is great. Yeah, go ahead. That, that does bring up another point that I'm kind of curious about, and I just kind of realized, because the Chiss never mention having droids in this entire no, they, book, they, do they? they, they none, never yeah, none of the people in the Outer Rim or the yeah. Unknown Regions have droids, right? Yeah, yeah, because... Even um, Yiv and all them don't know anything yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. So, Which is really interesting, yeah, because they, they see the droid fighters and then they uh, they talk about R2 yeah. a lot. Which is interesting to me because they also bring up in this book, you know, they, they kind of legitimize uh, Swotor's canon a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they talk about how uh, the Chiss used to be part of certain empires before the chaos the, descended the on Sith them. The Sith Empire, yeah. Yeah, the Sith Empire and, and the Old Republic. So they... Sh- they I'm just kind of surprised that, yeah, right. They should have records of this. I'm kind of surprised they never brought droids back to use with the Ascendancy. I'm not surprised at that point. Again, because of the world building, 
it's really well done because they tell you where do they live now well they're underground because the whole surface oh that's true goes over i love that and i don't know if you've gotten to the to where that would be in the story for sotor but there's a there's a planet they get to do you care if i say it now no no go for it so when you have to deal with the chiss in in the fallen empire oh yeah crisis to, among the chiss right yeah you go to Capero, yeah. and mm-hmm. even there i think they have basic droids but you going in there either as republic empire or whatever faction you are now as a commander of the whole mm. eternal empire or whatever like there you do bring droids with you and they to interact with both sides it's just like mm. see droids you'd see mm. technology you'd see implants and all that stuff right mm. so it's just like there would be records of some sort like that so it's and i believe they use droids at one point so mm. again that's mm. not that's not timothy zahn's though right it's well, true I, that's, I, what, I, they, I, yeah. that's like, what they do so in yeah. Sword tour right that's and then yeah. he didn't he didn't write that though that's what my but, i'm no, clarifying no, no, right but like that yeah, but, but they do mention right? yeah because they do mention the sith empire in yeah. this book right? right that's what i mean though like he's kind yeah, of yeah. making that connection yeah so that would be a record and then whatever crisis happened that froze over the planet they would have lost a ton of stuff in that and having mm-hmm. to move everything underground it's like, it was like well non-essential at that point and it's, oh no we we have family history or whatever we don't need to know that and then yeah. boom this comes from whatever whatever families and factions died out because of that is gone, right? Yeah. So you've now reverted back to almost this middle age kind of system where you're yeah. just getting back up onto track. And actually, I could see that because they do also mention in that same reference that they do not look back on that frame of uh, time frame favorably, well, yeah. right? They say, like, it wasn't a good deal for us. No. And so, again, going back to, you know, I guess I'm just flexing my own people's history now. But that kind of reminds me of in Japan, there was a point uh, called the foreigner expulsion period mm-hmm. where I can't, I can't remember when it was. I think it was like the 1100s or 1200s. They basically said like, hey, anyone who's not Japanese, this got to go. Just just leave. We're just getting rid of everything and we're getting rid of everything that they had. Just we don't want them here anymore. So I could almost see it maybe being that same kind of parallel where, you know, once they, they broke apart from the Sith Empire, they just said, you know, everything that they had, just we're not using it anymore. We're right. just only using just stuff. doesn't even matter anymore. Just get rid of them. So it could be something like that, right? Especially if they didn't look on them favorably. But it was just something interesting I realized because, yeah, they're also talking about R2 and they're going, wait, the, the droids can navigate? Uh, hmm. So yeah, that was that was an interesting thing. And, and you're, you know, you mentioned it earlier, right? It, it's something that I think Thrawn also doesn't want to get a hang of but mm. kind of seeing where this all kind of ends up going doesn't really look like that's going to happen the shields mm-hmm. you know that's a whole different thing yeah but because yeah they talk about like the electrostatic shields are good to a point but like these shield generators are ye- like decades like centuries ahead of anything that mm-hmm. anybody in the unknown regions has so yeah, it's a really good would be nonsensical at that point then they'd be like <laughs> you're yeah. not getting through these whatever mm-hmm. So let's let's go into like the kind of like main plot line that we go with with General Yiv the Benevolent and like Thrawn and like that kind of play on like what's happening between them. Mm. So like, Noma, do you want to go through like the initial kind of Thrawn versus Yiv the Benevolent and then like kind of where it ends up? Yeah, so it starts off with something really, really like we find out that Yiv is incredibly petty in this book because it starts off with like the whole inciting incident is Thrawn disables a Vax ship and then takes out the crew, basically. And captures it. Yeah, and captures the, the Starfighter. And that's enough for Yiv to be like, okay, Thrawn needs to die now, horribly. So we do get this interesting kind of... It's interesting because 
you kind of get this this almost character duality with Yiv and Thrawn, where they're both smart and they're both very tactical and they're both good at playing this kind of mental war game with each other. But you can kind of see where Yiv falls behind because we do have, you know, after this thing comes out and it's like, well, we, you know, Thrawn realizes, okay, Yiv wants me dead at this point. We get this interesting thing where he goes off on his own to, he basically goes with the Gawians to the Vax planet again to uh, try and learn... Yeah, with Alias, yeah. to try and learn how far the Nikardun have spread throughout the areas outside of the Ascendancy. And if there's and subordinates that, or not. Yeah, if it's too late or, you know, what's happening. He, he wants to find out all of the information he can on what's happening mm. outside the galaxy because they just don't care. And, yeah, we get this cool little mental mind game where he ends up actually talking with Yiv. And they have this little thing of, like, oh, architecture versus art. And then it's really cool from there because then we kind of get, like I said, these cat and mouse games where it's Thrawn trying to make these plans that Yiv is kind of outmaneuvering and then not quite always getting ahead of. Yeah. Like, we get this interesting thing where, you know, Yiv has a pretty good plan where he realizes, okay, well, Thrawn's here. He, We know now that he's on a Gawian ship. Let's capture him when he leaves orbit. I'm just going to bring my, my actual ship around and just, you know... Dreadnought. Ab- yeah, just either obliterate the Gawians or just take Thrawn. Mm. Thrawn has anticipated this though, so he's not on the ship when it actually comes around. Actually, in a storage container that's retrofitted to uh, be able to be picked up, and they can live in it for a yeah. few days, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, which is it's super interesting. And Thrawn does this thing where it's it's infuriating as a reader. Well, it's infuriating but fun as a reader. But it's also something that I like. We've seen him do it so many times where he's got this plan and he's got all the pieces in motion. He just doesn't bother to tell anybody what the actual plan is. Yeah. Until the pieces fall into place. He's an is... anime detective. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh my god. How did he's... this happen? Stands there silently. Everybody's yeah. like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. We need well, to get to the thing. And you're seeing it now a lot, Ed, with with fake Grand Order, where he's just Sherlock. It's the, it's the exact same thing Holmes is doing, where he's just like, oh, I know all the pieces. I just don't want to say it until yeah. it's a cool point. And people are like, you know what? It, It'd be best if you told everybody what's happening. He's like, yeah. well, no, I want you to it's figure it out yourself. Yeah. yeah. And it, like, I, I mean, the, he, the... even when he's just like, slow down there, Watson, I was like, don't you fucking dare. Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare you tell me. But <laughs> um, So the one thing I love about Thrawn, we see it in the other Thrawn books, and we see it in Rebels, kind of maybe but mostly in the other Thrawn books where he is trying to help his allies gain tactical insights yes and yeah. like to make those connections like he talks to Samacro, he talks to Thalius, he talks to Chiri and he he trains them he he gives them the opportunity to like think through a rational problem and come to a conclusion mm. on their own and most of the time he guides them to the right spot and they're like oh wow that makes a lot of sense I never thought of it like that and like even mm. some macro, there was a point where he was like, he says something and he's just saying it to like buy more time so he can think more. And Thrawn's and like, right that's <laughs> exactly right. It's that simple. And he's like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. You know, like, that's what I love about Thrawn. He's a great teacher. He and can bring subtle. out the excellence in everybody. And that's a great subtle. military leader. Yeah. And and to that point as well, like, you know, and we kind of get to see that same thing in the Thrawn books. We get to see him mentoring Eli Vanto for most of it. And in Rebels, he tries to do the same thing. But, you know, he's surrounded by a bunch of incompetent idiots. Yes. Like he tries to teach Constantine and he tries to teach. Uh, what's the guy's name on um, oh, it's on the, the, the Twi'lekom planet? Ryloth. Oh, Ryloth. Yeah. Ryloth. Yeah. Okay. Who, who's Slato? Sladen? Uh, that idiot lieutenant that he tries to, yeah. to te- he tries to teach him as well and they realize oh this guy's a fucking idiot yeah he's too so ignorant just like, eh, i don't i don't care about yeah so after the art con after he he disrespects the calicory yeah. you can see thrones just like i don't care about him anymore mm-hmm. I, I understand this he's expendable Dead to me <laughs> yeah so no it's interesting right it, it's 
this interesting thing for me, Thrawn's entire aspect where it's in these prequel books, it's basically just him fighting these idiot politicians the entire time, right? To be fair, where he's it's... not politically savvy oh, wait, at he's all. Not... And that's where we get to see that. Because we see that in like the Empire Thrawn, but we also get like the it's worse the beginning here. of it here because he doesn't oh, yeah, know anything so much worse here yeah. right because at least in the thrawn book the original thrawn book that we get for canon without spoilers like eli helps him a little bit and like mm. tries to help him maneuver that whereas in yeah, this one yeah. we get arlani and thales yeah. right yeah but it, and it is a point right timothy zahn constantly points out that when they're explaining politics to thrawn he goes oh i get it and like and the person talking is like i can tell he doesn't get yeah, it yeah <laughs> it's like the geo thing it's like he didn't need to say yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, we know exactly. what he, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that. Like that was infuriating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but man, man, there's so much in this book. Like, so continue what you're saying there, Noma. Sorry, with uh, yeah, so, the, the duality. So, yeah, so so it's interesting here because we get to see this because the entire time I was watching Thrawn just struggling to find loopholes in these political, you know, ridiculousness, which to a degree kind of makes sense, but at the same time, it's like. Look, if you can see people outside of your territory building an army, do you don't just, you don't, yeah, you don't just stand there and be like, well, until they fire the first shot, we don't do anything. It's like, well, yeah, if the first shot takes you out completely, we exactly do? right. If the one you're thing that I can, in the first attack, what happens? The one thing yeah. I can I can only imagine that is the reason why it's like that is because they don't like they either think that they are too like they're powerful enough that they can deal with any threat no matter how big or small it is and they yeah. kind of go into that with like every planet they take it's, over they're going to get less and less militarily yeah. strong right because they're going to thin yeah. out their forces well it's it's that one though because we get kalani or is it kalani uh the navigator yeah, yeah. he yeah. talks about the fact that people outside Kalori. the ascendancy yeah kalori when they see the chist they it, it looks like they're always not e looking at you like you're not even a person right like you're yeah. an interesting yeah. animal right and so it's that, right? They don't, that yeah. Way. What is there? Well, what is there to be scared of? You the know? other thing which is, to, which to a degree, sorry, which yeah. to a degree does kind of make sense because we do see when they go after the Leo Aeon, uh, Leo Aeoli, the Leo Aeon. Whenever they go after the the lion people, I just think um, of uh, Leonin. <laughs> Leo Aeon, yeah. Whenever they go after the L aliens, it's two Chiss ships, and they take out four. And, uh, you know, the captain of the Springhawk even says, we could take six of them, and it would just be a little bit of a problem, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, if we fight all 12 of them, then versus our two, then we're actually in trouble. And it's like, man, at that point, that power difference, you can kind of see, yeah, you can kind of see the arrogance where they're coming from. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I would but say... Sorry, like a well, well, sorry, and just later on as well. Like one heavy cruiser, the Springhawk, is fighting a battle dreadnought. I'm like, oh, now we're in trouble. And it's like, god damn! At that point, yeah. If you have a destroyer that's fighting a battleship, and they're like, uh oh, we might be in trouble. It's like, geez, how much stronger are you than everybody else? The one point I want to make before you go, Ed, is um, the other thing I can think is like they talk about the, like them being part of like dichotomy between the Sith Empire and the Republic back in the day. And, like, maybe something happened there where they were involved in somebody else's shit and they would, like, it didn't end well for them, which is why they might not be looking back on it in, a, like, good light. So they're like, we have mm -hmm. learned from that and now we're going to be doing what we think is the best, which is not getting involved with anybody no matter what. See, even even then, That's the they weren't really considered allies to a certain degree. Like, you had a lot of... In this canon, we don't know. In Swartor, you're right. Because even in them, they have the same mentality where it's just like, oh, you know, like on Hoth for... Oh, God, I don't want to... <laughs> this i can't say too much noah but like yeah. there's a point where Appreciate you it. come across the chiss and they're just like oh yeah, yeah. yeah no i know that part yeah yeah they're like yeah we're here but um 
Oh yeah, because it's with the hunters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, like, it, yeah it's, no. it's the it's the hot storyline. Yeah, it's yeah. The main hot storyline. Like, yeah. yeah, no, you, you're no, we're not with you. We just this is our thing, and we're, we're here. here to take care of it. And mm-hmm. if you want to get involved, I guess sure. But um, know that this is our thing, and you have really no here. We'll pay you, so it's a job, right? Okay, yeah. you got it. Okay, good. Okay, we're gone. Like, you know, oh, you're dealing with stuff here? No, I don't care. It's yeah, nothing to do with us. Like, you're still that partisan where it's just like, no, mm-hmm. we're here to deal with our own shit mm-hmm. and whatever you have. Like, there's the officer for the Empire who is a Chiss. Oh, yeah, uh, that's the one I mean. And yeah, yeah. The, the, so they have a lot of relations at that mm-hmm. point, but I still think it's just Almost like, like ambassadors. Exactly. Where it's like, well, go there, learn, kind of teach, but don't tell too much mm-hmm. sort of thing because they're not interested. They don't care. They're all about power. And, but and, we're and, so far out there. What does it matter to them? Yeah, and in that case, too, it's funny to see the shoe on the other foot, because, you know, as we get here, the Chiss kind of look down on all the other alien races, yeah, and then at the Hoth base, the Hoth commander, they're like, what? Put the Chiss in charge? Are you crazy? Yeah. He's not human. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so much racism so, yeah, in the Empire. But it, but it's also an interesting, you know, it's interesting that, that just looking at the problems Thrawn has to face in different situations, because with the Ascendancy, like I said, it's all these politics, it's all this backroom craziness mm-hmm. that he just can't keep up with and then when he joins the empire well he doesn't have to really worry about that anymore partly just because of the position he gets into but then at the same time it's now now he's dealing with an entire force you know that he just can't take into account right when we talk about the jedi and the force and you know these things that he learns a little bit from anakin and then the rest he's like it's space magic. I don't need to worry about space magic. And then we get, you know, the one of my favorite lines in Rebels, which what Jedi devilry is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good, though, because he isn't, he's removed from it all, right? We don't realize mm-hmm. that until he comes in. The only force sensitive things that he gets to see are the Pathfinders who can use the force to navigate the chaos and the Skywalkers who can do mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. right? But he's the only one who should you justifiably so and i keep getting into this say, be able to say what jedi devilry is this because he would have no concept of it yeah. and like the bendu when the bendu comes out like, right yeah but everybody else should be like oh my god force yeah. oh god force like you know something about it. he's what the fuck is this it's 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 the navigators it's the skywalkers oh yeah mm-hmm. more true yeah and then he but it's it's the skywalkers and he goes yeah, but our Skywalkers can't move things with their brains. Yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. It's like not to the point of you know us. I can imagine mm. like Shiri wants to go play. <laughs> See, that would be cool if they hid that from everybody, even the people on the ship to be like, on, mm. like Arlani steps in and says, like, "Oh, what are you doing? I'm playing." Oh, okay, okay, she gone. Yeah, okay. And yeah, that'd be kind of cool, <laughs> right? Well, we like the only reference that we get to them actually being force sensitive is when. Uh, Chiri can sense that Thrawn and um, called Third Sight McKeith. Yeah, yeah. Well, when no, no, when Thrawn and McKeith are are leaving, when, when she says like, "Oh, they're done." Oh yeah, and they come through the doors yeah. a few seconds later. Yeah, and Thales is like, "What? Oh yeah, I remember when I could do that." And they yeah, like freaking people out. It's half the fun. It's like, oh okay, so you have Force presence. Yeah, it's you like the thing that Anna can do can do. Where's like. What book? I can't remember what book it was, but it was like Second Sight, and then it like goes into oh, like don't, I hated yeah, that. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I can yeah. imagine it's, yeah. it's probably from, from one of the other Thrawn books, <laughs> it is. but yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Second Vision, he calls Second it. Second Vision, yeah. So it's like Third Sight in this book, and then they call it that. Mm-hmm. And 
It, it, it's a it's very stupid. similar thing. It's a stupid. Concept. It's stupid. When they actually, when they actually spell out his thoughts as Anakin doing it, it's like, God, mm. if every Jedi did this, it's like anime. It's like, oh my it, God. It's just, like when you pause time, you're like, second sight. He's yeah, gonna yeah. shoot with no, his right hand. It's so stupid. At that point, the way that you're describing it, it's King of Crimson. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to move yeah. right, then move left, and then he's going to jump up and down and like do a spin. It's like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, that's going too far into another book. You will, you will, as soon as you get there, you'll understand. It's just like, no, if things are moving way too fast, where yeah. if you're mm-hmm. having to, it's like putting on the visor for the, for the troopers, where it's like, all yeah. this is happening right now. Yeah. 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 Concept, really. But to a, to a degree, I can't understand that because, you know, some of the lightsaber forms where it is, you know, figuring out where the blaster bolts are going to come in and stuff like that. Yeah, that's like, all yeah you need a little bit of second sight to do that, but. When you actually yeah, spell it out and like literally in words, it's so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I'll get whenever we do get to that book, I'll go more into this point. Mm-hmm. But I still believe that's bullshit because you're supposed to disconnect and let the force guide you. So what but is that? That is that is, that is that is like they're trying to spell out what the know, force is for you. Because he's got all these thoughts processing, whereas to me, and the way it's always been explained, it's like it's it's ultra instinct. You're not thinking. You're going. You're letting the force guide you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like yeah, you yeah, are now the vessel, yeah. and you're just you. letting it go through. But he's going like, okay, here and then here and then here, and it's like, yeah, that's wrong. But getting back to this. Yeah, getting back into our original thing. So after they have this interesting kind of... I just thought of this because we've been throwing out anime references for a long oh, time. Yeah. The Yiv Thrawn discussion is basically the equivalent of a Death Note talk. <laughs> yeah. Kira and Light going head to head. But Sorry, Kira and Light, Kira and L going head to head. But yeah, so we get that whole thing. And then, you know, once Thrawn actually does manage to make his escape, which is pretty interesting. And at that point, he's not only fighting, you know, Yiv's plans he's also fighting that's just ascendancy's plans to try and nail him to the wall yeah we then from there go into you know thrawn kind of building his master plan and we get something that turns into a hitch you know where where it turns out yiv has thought far enough ahead that he's ready for thrawn to make a move and he captures uh thalius and uh cheery and yeah capture well does capture i would say because that wasn't part of the plan right wasn't um, it? Thought, his... No, it I wasn't. Thought, but I thought you thought. So I'm pretty I sure thought. it was yeah, because yeah, of what yeah. what they do on the bridge. That's pre- that's improv, I think. Yeah. Well, was it? Though? I think that was. I think that was part one of his backup plans. I thought it was like that was um, his main plan because like it, if they didn't do the that, inter- then like they would have or, shot down. And that's the interesting thing. Yeah. Right? We're not sure exactly. Right? Yeah. It's and like a middle one ground. of the things I really like is towards the end of this book because the one thing that. Thurfian and the other Zin whatever are really going after, which was so stupid to me in the beginning of this book. Is they're going, oh, Thrawn's a threat. Oh, he's going to destroy the Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, he's a bad. And I'm like, okay, so this is just, wow. yeah, these these are these are shitty justifications that you're doing because you want to be, yeah, exactly. Your ego is saying, oh, I don't like him because he's better than me. But so well, I, I need excuses to like, take him we down. We don't right? want him in the the myth family. We want him in the uh, this family. Yeah, yeah. He is take, he's taking a lot of risks that the ascendancy as a whole is not okay with right as we find out like they don't want to deal with other places and he's actively doing these things so you can see why they think he's a threat and they're just not looking like they're looking far ahead in their realm but not like the overall realm but even then it's just stupid to me because it's like oh yeah again right waiting for for the first stone to be tossed okay but what if the first stone blows up half your system exactly that's exactly what yiv is doing right because he knows the mentality of that and he's just like okay so you're gonna wait i'm just gonna build up 
yes. everything to the point where you can't go anywhere mm. and then we're just gonna seize you and yeah, by then first... it'll be too late exactly my one... first strike will be the last strike the one but thing that they the... do say is Sorry, that... can I, can yeah I go, go 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 <laughs> but by the end of the book because this is something you were talking about beforehand where we don't know what yes. his plan was yeah by the time they get to the actual trial where they're trying to figure out what to do when shiri the skywalker has been captured that's when i started being like oh this might be the more kind of tactically evil throne that you know we see in rebels right yeah because it's in at that point it's incredibly unclear whether or not it was actually an accident or he did plan on them getting captured so that he then had a justification oh they're taking the skywalker we need to get her back that's ASAP. my thought Let's process go to war, right? that's what i thought and yeah it's, but and it's still so unclear that you exactly have to make a thought on that there and that's yeah. that's the part of the book that was so beautiful to me is there is that gray section right there where it's oh they might have a point yeah thrawn might have realized that hey I can't do this political maneuvering, so if I just put the battle on my terms, so it has to be military, I can do? then control everything, yeah. right? It's too late now. So that was a really interesting point, right? Mm -hmm. the, um, so, and then, yeah, what you were going to say? The one thing I was going to say is, like you said, like they're going to come in and destroy all the, like, the Chiss, right? Everybody thinks that the Chiss are like on Chila, right? They think they're in like that one planet, which mm -hmm. is why like everybody's underground and like the trains are still moving and stuff like that. So what the Ascendancy is trying to do is basically like, yeah, if they get a military force big enough to come destroy Chila, that's fine. We have all these other planets with all these Chiss on it that are going to come in and destroy them that they don't know about. That's, Which the, is, that's the other well, side of it. Yeah, but that's the defensive plan that they're counting on, right? right but that, if you have someone as smart as Yiv, it then becomes our first strike literally takes all of the planets at the same time. Exactly, because right. you're blockading all of them. At yeah, that if they find and, out the and, secret. If they find out, the, well, no, but the secret doesn't even matter at that point because when you've got five alien races combining all other powers in total, yeah, you probably have enough ships at that point that you can literally just take over the entire ascendancy. True, 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 yeah. true. And then it's also a double-edged sword because then if they even go, hey, step one, take out all the planets. Step two, take out Chila. Yeah. Well, then it's two. Then it doesn't. Then, you're then yeah, you're actually more screwed because then the one planet that's at the end, there's nobody there. From my yeah. understanding, it seemed like. The Ascendancy made it seem like to everybody else that they were only on this one planet. They did. And then they like all the other planets that the Chiss are actually on, nobody mm -hmm. actually knows about those. Be because they knew about the expansionary fleet and right. what they mm -hmm. were doing. But they're to everybody else, they're just like, oh, they're fucking off somewhere, so whatever. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the defense fleet is spread out all along, so it's just like, yeah, we could take them if we want to. So the whole plan is to get... Mm -hmm right there and just be like okay yeah what are you guys gonna do you can't do enough and the fact that somebody as soon as somebody is starting to use your own tactic against you guess what mm. change it mm. because he's got you locked which is yeah. exactly what we get mm. between the fight between thrawn and Arlani when they were a cadet when they were, yeah. were sparring yeah. so then he could show her that like i can understand you just from like your art from her like base mm -hmm. turning mm -hmm. And then, like, he, every step of the way, he gets her. And then he's like, yeah, I don't think that you would be a person to, um, you know, make a cheap shot. Because she was thinking, like, I could do it because it didn't end the actual battle. Yeah. And <laughs> she's like, no, I won't do it. And he's like, yeah, you're too, you're too um, honorable. honorable for that, mm -hmm. right? And she's like, oh, shit, he, he knows. And that, that's the point at which she's like, Thrawn is a fucking genius, tactically. But there is a really nice point with Aralani that I, at the end of the book, it's, like, super increased my respect for her. Because mm -hmm. we get the point at the end where, she, you know, we don't really get it spelled out until Thrawn explains it, but yeah. you know she realizes from reading through the Vax's history that you know if you attack or kill a Vax, that's considered an attack against the entire species at that point. Yeah, and she uses that to get uh, the Vax to turn on the Nikardun. Yeah, that was great. And 
Oh yeah, and I love that section because I went, oh, so she has taken everything that Thrawn has talked about and been like, I don't really get art. You know what I do get? People. I get history. Yeah, yeah and, and people especially, right? Because yeah, we also get that point. So she dives into that and she becomes the history version of Thrawn basically. Mm -hmm. And that was fascinating to me because I'm going, oh man, yeah, like she learned enough to be like, hey, I can take this. I can use it for my own means. Yeah. To then propel little, myself up. The little exposition there is that every time they have to make a decision about something, every time mm -hmm. they have to do something, that is always all right we all gotta think about this and we all yeah. gotta agree on this and once we all it is, do, yeah. it, it, is. it is well you're you're gonna get this it is the equivalent of the geth consensus <laughs> right it is God. right because it is the vax combine right it yeah. is this thing where everyone's opinions matter and as we then find out later it's certain types of those opinions right it's not quite as surface level as they say but yeah it's the same if you know mass effect 2 the geth consensus where it's you know it's an ai unity mind and everyone makes the decision places their votes and from there they then decide what to do yeah. right it's just with the geth uh, consensus it's a lot faster yes. than the vax because it's ai versus organics right, yeah. right? One thing I just wanted to go over too was the the strategy at the very end in that battle. So mm. Thrawn comes out of hyperspace because Kalori of Yuanduallon, the Pathfinder that he hires, is actually working for General Yiv, which is kind of, you know, talked about throughout the book. And he brings him out to a different area. And it's just literally, uh, was it three dreadnoughts? One which was uh, Yiv the Benevolence and then two others against... Thrawn's three? I thought it was five. It might have been five. It was more than. I think it was, yeah, it was more than. They have to send a couple off somewhere. They sent all of the yeah, other ones yeah. off. They sent so. everyone except for Yiv off. Yeah. yeah. So then Thrawn comes out in his with only Kilori uh, and himself on this freighter that is mm -hmm. outfitted with the generator that nobody knows about. Yeah, the Republic uh, shield. So then he's talking to Yiv, and there's a point at which he's like, "If you know, if you go now and help out the other people, you know, they're gonna think that you ran away from me. But if you don't yeah. go, they're gonna no, think that no. you're." just afraid to go or whatever right yeah. and so your mm -hmm. reputation is, is screwed either way so then he really brings mm -hmm. the emotional anger back up for yiv to focus on him and mm -hmm. basically to the point where he's able to smash his freighter into the front bridge window of yiv's big That's dreadnought it. and then capture yeah. yiv but the one thing and i then... want to go over mm -hmm. is that the the one thing is cheery and what's her name Thales. Uh, Thales are on the bridge and what they do is they have the makeup on their face and they made it so like basically the there's this poison that's talked about earlier and it's like this like sleepwalking yeah, drug sephoric mist yeah. yeah so like they basically like make put it in the makeup so when they crack it off and it uh hits oxygen it just disperses immediately and mm. the thing i loved about it was because general yiv had this like i don't know if it's creature or his hair or whatever but it was like there was longer dreads on this thing that basically tested the air close to him and mm -hmm. there was ones that were testing like liquids and food, right? They could do it. But like if it's caked in makeup, it's not in the air until it's too late. And then it comes and out and that's where it's like, oh my God, Thrawn took well, that into consideration. Yes. And there's a there's another double layer in there as well. Because yeah. when they're brought aboard, Yiv finds that they've got canisters of it in their belts. Right. And so that I think also throws them off, right? Where and it's just this on yeah, he's like, oh, I found it. This is what, exactly. This is what they found. All right, we get it now. And it's this interesting thing where it's, you know, he... he Arnold plays them. Yeah, Thrawn plays him on so many levels because he also does the whole thing of the Chiss hostages, which is all completely made up. Yes, but I was going to bring that eventually up. Eventually gets it to a point where Yiv is now thinking he doesn't know the Chiss as well as he does. So he just kind of runs with what they're saying yeah. and kind of agrees with it. And that's also what lowers his guard, right? And that's also one of the reasons why you're right. By the end, it's not clear whether or not that was actually his plan or if it was just, hey, you know, the plan is, you guys for, is for you guys to get away. 
but if they don't, I've got this entire secondary plan that'll just screw over Yiv because it's something he wants to do. Exactly. And then with that as well, the part that I, th- I was almost concerned about for a bit and then realized it's another play is when he's saying, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to kill Thalius and uh, Cheery horribly and yeah. you can watch so you'll know what will happen to you. And Thrawn's like, I mean, you can, but I'll get away. This is the only time you'll have to actually kill me. And just him being he like, plays on it. I know Yiv hates me so much at this point. That if it comes down to hurting the hostages or killing me, it's going to be kill me. And then yeah. you're right. He uses that tractor beam thing, then screws with it with the Republic shields to then be able to ram so the bridge. Good. It's, it's such a crazy plan. And it's again, a it is plan. very... It's very we've jumped, we've jumped over something significant to make him hate him that much. Yeah. Uh, that mm. party that they both are at, mm-hmm. where he goes to see you for the first time. And they have that kind of standoff. Where he pretends he's not Thrawn, he's somebody else. He's an art collector. Yeah. 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 And he's just like... This guy's smart, huh. but I'm gonna outsmart him and show how cool. It's I'm. a very yeah. tag, and there's the point where Kalori in that he's talking to Yiv at the end when Thrawn's gone, and he's like, "You didn't think that there wasn't a battle there? There was a battle. Yeah, we were tactically fighting just because we didn't throw swords yeah. at each other and like throw gloves at each other to challenge each other. There was a battle, and mm. Kalori's like, oh, oh my god, you're right. Oh shit, <laughs> you know." Yeah, it is interesting to see, you know, someone who is close to Thrawn's level of intelligence, right? Because he has all that architectural knowledge. Yes, yeah. Kind of hitting it from a different perspective. But at the end of the day, a lot of that comes down to ego, right? I think yeah, that's what Yiv's yeah. biggest failing is just assuming I am when the best. Walking around calling yourself the fucking benevolent. Yeah, <laughs> General Yiv the benevolent. And yeah. Yeah, Thrawn even pointing out, like, that name is an insane hypocrisy to yeah. it. Yeah, like, we are benevolently overpowering you so we can take over and mm-hmm. then you can be one of us. But I am so kind, I will not kill you. Yeah. Again, right. going to 40K, it's like watching the Tao's greater good in action. Like, yes, this is for the greater good of the whole species. Listen to us or we'll forcibly sterilize you and put you into a camp. Yeah. Greater good. Just like, eh. there was <laughs> All right. A few other characters I want to talk about before we end off. And mm-hmm. uh, so we get some macro and uh, he has a relationship with Thalius because he finds out that Thurfian helped get is it, her, yeah, on board. Uh, her on board as a caretaker, right? And like mm, expedited that process wasn't. because they didn't really want to put her on as a caretaker for whatever reason, just political family shit. So then he basically puts her on as like a spy for like keeping an eye on Thrawn and there's like that mm. whole relationship there. So Macro finds out and he's like, I need you to tell me too, right? Like he he's also kind of in that middle ground. And so Macro, he was the old... So it was exactly. Thrawn was the person that was first in charge of the Springhawk. Then it became yeah. Simacro, and then Thrawn came back. So then Simacro mm-hmm. was his second in command. And Simacro had this weird... Ed, do you want to explain the relationship between it? Because you do it way better than I could. Yeah, so Simacro is one of those... We get to see the difference between the Chiss Tennessee and the Empire. You have a subordinate who... Well, not a subordinate. Somebody who's on equal standing who's got demoted... Mm-hmm. And through no fault, through no reason other than like we're putting this guy in charge because we're putting him in charge and you can't say shit. Oh, okay, but this is my ship. These are my officers. These are mm-hmm. my people. Ha, huh, I hate you, <laughs> but I understand the mission because that's what comes first for the people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I like you, but I'll follow your orders and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll respect the chain of command. And then Dan brought up the point, like, all the other, like, lower officers and junior officers are going, like, oh, man, this Thrawn guy sucks. Oh, yeah, he, we should sabotage him. He's just like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Well, no, but, hey, boss. Hey, yeah, yeah, you don't like this guy. He's like, shut mm-hmm. up. You follow orders or you're going to get reprimanded. And they're just like, what? Oh, 
I guess we'll stick. What the hell is his like, problem? You're court-martialed if you continue talking. And they're yeah, like, oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. It's just like the fact that he's able to be that professional mm-hmm. in, in a situation that has him so underhanded. And he's he starts to drop that once he realizes, like Dan said earlier, he starts to learn. And mm. without even realizing how much he is actually learning from Thrawn, by the end, the respect is kind of there, but he still thinks he's a dick. So he yeah. has this, this weird fight in his head and like, I just... I don't like you. Yeah. But wow. At the same and, time. Right. And it's, um, yeah. Whereas like Imperials at that point, they don't even get to that step. It's just like, you're doing what you're taking my ship away for this alien. Fuck him. And it's like, no, no. All the other petty officers is like, man, this guy, this guy sucks. I'm like, yeah. Hey, yeah. You want to do somebody? You want to sabotage? Yeah. Don't listen to him. And like all that nonsense comes into the play. There's no professionalism whatsoever. Because the Chiss Senacy is a meritocracy, for better or worse. It is. You get merit adopters, right? The same thing with the Empire. But it's so much more, um, it's the word for when you have people, friends, and stuff like that you want to bring in. Nepotism. Oh, nepotism. Yeah. Yeah, they were just like, oh, yeah, no, I can just do whatever. It's fine. It's like, no. And that's what gets you so much bullshit problems. And you get people like... (laughs) what's his Constantine. name? Well, yeah, because yeah. we see how that plays out with uh, with Adelon, where I've had enough of your games, yeah. Grand Admiral yeah. immediately dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not following like, plan. You were a fool at that point, and it's okay to not like the guy, but mm. respect the command, because he's obviously there for... Respect the skill. It's harder to say in the Empire that he's there for a reason, because his reason literally is because he knows some guy, mm-hmm. which sucks. But... In terms of the just sentence, you have more faith just being like, okay, they put him here. I understand there's some political maneuvering to this, mm-hmm. but he's shown enough and he's proven himself enough where I don't have to like him, yeah. but I know I'll get through this. And they do talk about some of those things too, right? Yeah. Like Zamakro even says, like, look at how fast he shot up the chain of command. He got a double promotion at one point. Yeah, that's, not that's, that's not very, that's not hurt. That's yeah. not heard of very often. Like and, Arlani was moving up too, but not at that pace, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So. And there's an interesting point, too, I think, where Zamacro, near the end, he's talking about where he's just like, I don't really trust Thrawn. I don't really know what to think about him, but half the reason I don't trust him is because he never tells me what's happening. Yes. And yeah. I'm just sitting here trying to guess. And I was like, you know what? I can appreciate that. Yeah. Because yeah. he's got that little voice in his head being like, like, oh, if Thrawn gets in trouble, I get the ship. And he's like, shut up. Shut up. Yeah. It's not exactly. how this works. The like, fact that he's pushing that away yeah. shows yeah. huge character at that point. Mm, yeah. You've, you've been rightfully wrong. You have been wrong. You are right in this situation, mm. and you're flowing with it because what are you going to do? Shows mental yeah. fortitude. And yeah. I was just going to make a joke here. Um, I cannot wait for the next Thrawn book, which is going to be Thrawn Ascendancy, now. Get Good. <laughs> That's like just it Thrawn's motto scary, for everything. Though. Just get good. It would be fucking scary because can you imagine, like, you know, you already have Arlani and her ship coming through. Mm. Now you have Thrawn and this ship. If they actually promote some macro again, it was like, look, sorry, Springhawk is his, but you know, here's the uh, Red Dragon. Yeah, the Red Dragon class, yeah. Right? So they just go all together. (laughs) If two ships can take out how many of them, and you have three people who are now at some level of the consistency as him, yeah. trying to do oh my god like that's all you need for your fleet at this point now yeah you've got three commanders who are all playing death note mind games with the enemy yeah it's like what oh what are you supposed to do one of us has art one of us has history and one of us has actual combat mm-hmm. experience it's just like god, god by our powers combined we're the entire ascendancy's power right it's just have you guys seen what a worship looks like 
No, it's in. They have a Thrawn comic that goes like after like the Thrawn, uh, the first book. Mm. Let me just put in chat here so you can kind of see what it would look like. This is like Arlani's type ship, I believe. I'm curious about that because Ed, one thing that always kind of bugged me is when you see what the Chiss Fang fighters look or Chiss. I can't remember what they're called. The Chiss uh, fighters. Yeah, I don't even remember though. They look so similar to the Empire. It's creepy. Right. The little like the yeah, it, like it's literally a Tie Fighter cockpit with like the the uh, more curved wings that are yeah. coming around. Yeah, 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 that always weirded me out. So I'm curious what the new designs. Actually, look like. I'm not going to show it to you because there's a little spoiler in that, and I'm not going to send it to you. I mean, even the um, <laughs> even fair, the early fair. Empire or like the Sith Empire ships, like they they have Tie Fighter looks. They just hmm. have their wings bent. Yeah. So yeah. instead of yeah, having flat true. solar panels, they're just like. Neep. Yeah, and get more angled. Yeah, we, we are de- we're aerodynamic. <laughs> when when you read when you read the th- first Thrawn book, then take a look for that. Okay, well, yeah. like I said, I'm I'm most of the way through that yeah. book, but um, there was also one other thing that I I feel like should be pointed out, which is that unlike a bunch of other Temple Archives things that we talked about, I really didn't mind that Batu was in this book. I think no, it's yeah. mostly just because it's not in any of the movies. And so it doesn't have to stand on its own two feet. I mean, it's a theme park, right? I'm yeah, not, it's you know. a little bit more tangible, I guess, than something that's like Osnium Prime right there. Exactly. And, you know, and because it's exactly, so much it, around it now. Well, because it's it. because it isn't ham fisted into a movie and they're trying to be like, no, 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 look, it's important. I swear to God. Yeah. You know, it's a theme park. It's not Canto Bite. Exactly. Yeah. It's a theme park that now has extra lore tacked onto it. And in that case, it's like, well, you didn't try to jam down my throat that this is an important planet. So at that point, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll look at Batu, and, you know, they don't say Black Blackwater Station, Black, Black Fire, Spire. Black Spire. Black Spire, yeah. yeah. They don't talk about Black Spire Outpost or anything like that. So then it's a little bit, you know. More. I feel like, yeah, yeah I felt like I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, Batu. Where have I heard that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. It's not, you know, something that they're trying to. And there's at least four books that go around Batu right now and a uh, comic two series. Two I know of for yeah. sure. There's another small. Yeah, there's two books, including this one. There's the small novel uh, just hmm. about Batu, and then yeah, there's yeah. the comic that you're talking about, Dan. Yeah, there's, also there's a lot that's starting, and I've only read no. a few of them. I haven't read all of them, but it's great. I love, I love Black Spire. And I mean, that's how you do that new integration, right? Like you show us this stuff first, you show us why it's an interesting place, then you put it in a movie, mm. you know, or at least you have it actually stick around for a little bit. Like, because again, it's not Hosnian Prime. It doesn't show up to explode five seconds later, and I go, oh no, where? What was that? I don't. Okay, exactly. It's just, it's weird. But, but yeah, yeah, so was fine in this book. We get a lot of different things in this, and there's a lot of different characters like we talked about. But in the final end here, like we get to the point where Noma was saying, like at the very end of the battle, yeah, the the Vax Combine, like some ships, basically, um, sorry, some macro. They pretend our line tells some macro to pretend that they're dead in space, mm. and they ask for aid from the Vax Combine as like yeah, uh, yeah. support. Yeah, they ask for humanitarian I mean, yeah. aid, and they're yeah. like, yeah, we can su- we can support that. And they're like, yeah. and then Arlani says, "Hey, you know, General Yiv and like the what Nick Ardoon, yeah. don't shoot on them. They're humanitarian. They're going after that, right?" So then yeah. the Nick Ardoon are just like, "Fuck it, we're gonna shoot them anyway." And that's when the yeah. back comments like, "Oh boy, you should have done that." And then everything <laughs> just have, comes yeah. down on them. They have taken away from the consensus. Kill them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's terrifying, though, eh? Yeah. Because it's just like, oh right, no, these guys, whatever. No, you guys are with us. Yeah, they, uh, they were trying to help they're them. Fine. They're dumb. Yeah. They're dumb. Mm-hmm. No, you betrayed us. No, no, no. Yeah. Look, they went to help them, not you. So you betrayed. 
Yeah. yeah. No. I don't no. see the just killing any of our people. And it's this great one-two punch, right? Because yeah. th- like like we were saying, plans are then plans. Thrawn gets Thalias to, to try and send a message to the Vax, knowing it's probably not going to work. So he has another message on the yes. ship that they brought back, yeah. knowing that Yiv isn't going to look at that ship because yep. he's going to be focused on the Chiss. And then the message is like, hey, if you got the message I sent, everything's great. If you didn't, you're being lied to. And yeah. then they look at that and they go, oh, we didn't uh, get the same message. All these little things have yeah. to go together. Right. Just tiny, t- it's a thousand paper cuts that end up killing Yiv, uh, Yiv right? Well, that's killing, cuts, yeah. killing his fleet. Yeah, death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That end up destroying the Nick Ardoon. And yeah, no, it's a great moment because, yeah, Aralani, you know, it's not like that's not even part of Thrawn's plan, right? Again, it's Aralani realizing, hmm, all of the Vax's allies or everyone who lives around the Vax because she sees them as people. Why is it that everyone who makes fun of the Vax constantly never kills any of their people? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can use that. Yeah. As soon as you kill a person, you weaken the Vax Combine. Yeah. Therefore, you now have a lost idea, a lost vote, a lost exactly. everything you've, is valuable. You've weakened, yeah, in their mindset, you've weakened the species as a whole. Yeah. AKA mortal enemy. So destroy. Oh no, they they blew up a they yeah, they blew up a humanitarian agent. Oh look, they're here to destroy you. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. You can see him just, why? 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 No. Yeah. <laughs> another, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> another thing I wanted to go over, which is kind of on the side of while the, like while Thrawn is doing other things, is when Thalias goes for her trial, she outmaneuvers Thurfian mm-hmm. and he, he's that like, Tell me everything you know about Thrawn, or I will do things to your family that you were born yeah. into that you don't remember. And she's like, mm, no. I just asked for a trial, so they wanted you to come with me, so we have to end this conversation and you gotta sit yeah. here for a few days while you know something else but you don't know about that yeah and so she goes and does the trial and like she meets the head of the family where he like sneaks onto the mountain while she's there and he's like yeah they're gonna be looking for me but i just wanted to tell you to look after thrawn and be his Mm. be his voice and help him through the political realm because he's gonna save the ascendancy one way or another and i was like (laughs) save or destroy yeah and i was like (laughs) i I love that character and being that voice and like guiding thalius to be like there's things that she was picking up on throughout the entire book with thrawn Mm. and then like this guy just like reinforces everything she was trying to think about herself and never voiced and Mm. he's like i see what you are you're doing and you need to continue doing it because thrawn needs people like you Mm. and i'm like please i i care about every character that is thrawn's ally in this book which is very different from alphabet squadron mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. like there's so many characters in alphabet squadron books that were like on the empire side or on the republic side you're just like sure whatever but this is like i care about thalius i care about arlani i care about cheery i care about Samacro. i care about thrawn i hate thurfian i hate Sostalmo. <laughs> like there's just so much here and it's Don't so McKeith, good everybody for his McKeith. that guy's a g oh yeah no, he's, he's great too yeah he's not he in it as much everything yeah and without him there wouldn't be thrown in this position right the thing now. we didn't talk about yet was like back when thrown was a cadet and he does the exam and he makes it like he, he gets 95 room. yeah the he yeah, gets yeah. he gets the 95 percent, and they're like no one has been able to do this tell us how yeah. you did it and they have a thing where like you can't simulate the same thing twice so people can't cheat mm-hmm. And then uh, Arlani's like, uh, I'm going to call Bakif because I think he can help us out. And then Bakif comes into the trial unannounced and he's like, yes, let's uh, let's just do let's a real, real let's do a real <laughs> battle with like fake lasers, you know? And they, yeah. they're like, well, uh, are he, you sure about that? Says, can you can you do that? 
Yeah, and he's like, well, do you have the parameters for this actual mission? They we do. can't do it in the simulator again, but we can do it in real life. Yeah, and he does Let's it again. It. And they're like, <laughs> and then he rolls it. And that's what turns into the yeah. Simacro thing where they play dead in front of the Vax Combine and yeah. all that. Like, it's just, everything is so and, intricately done with, with Timothy Zahn and, and Thrawn. It's so good. And it's funny, too, because I'm going to say straight up, I don't know if he took this for inspiration. So I'm not going to, yeah. you know, I'm not assuming here that he's oh he's, he took these ideas but i mean one thing that i've always heard about just you know in the art world and in all these kind of worlds is if you can take an idea and adapt it to your own and do it well enough that the audience doesn't notice that's how you interpret ideas right, right. That, it's not plagiarism like you know just stealing the idea and just using it straight up because thrawn's maneuver reminded me a lot of if you if anyone here's ever read the old halo books uh, in fall of reach there's a maneuver called the keys loop which is a strategy that Keys, uh, Captain Keys comes up with basically by the seat of his pants and ends up being incredibly useful at taking a Covenant ships. Yeah. Where you can basically just uh, knock out their shields super quick with this insane nuclear warhead attack and then take them out with mag cannons. And it's the same kind of thing where it's like, it looks like the ship's kind of going out of control, but then it comes around to deliver a killing blow. So it's kind of similar to, to what Thrawn was doing, but it's the same thing that it kind of reminded me of. Yeah. And then it turns out to slowly end up becoming Thrawn's signature because they use it like three times in the book. Yeah. And granted, once it's not even uh, Thrawn doing it, it's Arlani it. in, uh, interpreting it for her own. But yeah, it's just interesting to see the these these steps kind of play forward. And we even get, you know, certain parts of that because Thrawn gives the lecture that he gives in Rebels, you know, to understand someone you yeah. need to understand, to understand their people. It's their not culture. just war, it's in their, their, their history, their culture, their art. And it's like, oh, okay. Shot, <laughs> Which brings me back to yeah. two more points with the art galleries because he goes to two. He goes to the one with mm -hmm. Arlani and then he goes to the one with Thalius on the Vax Combine. That's where he finds mm -hmm. all this stuff. And when he's with Arlani as a cadet, when they're celebrating like their rank increase or whatever, right? When they get promoted. She's like, I didn't expect you to bring me to an art gallery of all places. And she, and then mm -hmm. she's, he's like, oh, oh, did I disappoint you? And then he shows her like his skill. And then that's where she's like, I don't believe you. You could have made all this shit up. Like it doesn't make sense. So do it with me and my art. And that's where that fight mm -hmm. comes in that we talked about earlier with the vases. And he like predicts it's, all of her moves. It's one thing I love though, Great. is just, just hearing Thrawn's what do you call it disseminations basically because yes, he yeah because they go he literally learns everything about a certain species that they don't even know Themselves. about if they're even around anymore mm. by looking at their cutlery right yeah. he's like look at the cutlery look at how it's angled these people obviously from what we've seen of them the knife pointing backwards towards you yeah they have a lot of tusks they have a lot of close combat ability or you know close combat features implemented into their race they probably prefer that kind of thing so we know that if we're looking at something like that it's gonna be mostly melee focused they're not gonna have a lot of long range if they do it's gonna be just a little bit of it right just from looking at their color and yeah okay. that's the point where arlani's like Bullshit. okay that's in, yeah this is insane <laughs> yeah. do this with me so i know you're not lying yeah and, she, and he does and she's she respects yeah. him after that yeah, and it's interesting, you, you know, you get a little bit of a difference because with Thalius, they don't even get to look at the art. Yeah. It's just him talking to the curator and being like, oh, look but at the got information, right? And that's this. where Thalius yeah. realizes, like, oh, shit, like, he is, he's doing something here. And then he talks about it after. He's like, if we can plant this in a whole bunch of different people's minds before we leave, then mm. General Yiv will have this. Like, that's the kind of setting. We sow the seeds of that, doubt. Yeah, yeah. You, set, you set those. Because their voices matter, no matter how small they are. All mm. of their voices matter. If enough people are bringing that up, like, maybe this is a thing, right? well and it's interesting so too we, we then from there we get that breakdown with the vax right because yeah. everyone as soon as they hear that like oh this is why it takes forever because it's they have to listen to everybody and then thrown at the end is going well not everybody mm -hmm. they listen to a lot of different parts but if you put seeds of doubt in there then it starts to break down more so yep. when the vax realized that Yiv was lying to them 
clouded in doubt. That was that that was as far as his plan went, though. He was just like, we just need them to think that that they've been lied to. So the consensus changes and then Aralani delivers the killing blow with now he's a liar and he's a murderer of the entire species. Yep. Yep. Clearly enemy turn. And it's like, yeah, it's like you were you were ready just in case. Now that just in case has hit the button to turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh he is now we now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt even though it's technically just manipulation as part of it that this man is evil so I mean just ch- ch- aggressive helping manipulation <laughs> I, the the main reason I think it's manipulation is because at the end Zamacro's uh, Zamacro's second is like all right let's get back into the battle and he goes no 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 if they, if we do that they're gonna realize we've been <laughs> we've been setting up this whole plan for them to fall for yeah we're gonna stay out of the fight from now on because if the ship that is downed and in need of humanitarian <laughs> aid suddenly jumps back into the fight they're gonna go hey wait a second hey <laughs> <laughs> we just sacrifice people for these people so yeah and that, that was the only moment where i was like ah just manipulation but yeah, and we also get some interesting part. One of the things, I don't know, the character relations is so, so good in this book because having that point with Aralani where she's like, oh my God, these are people. Thrawn, do you see those people too? He goes, no, no. the resources. Uh, I'm surprised you think like that. And it's just being like, oh, okay. Yeah, she, she's like, I'm finally seeing these alien races as people. And then he's like, she's like, well, if that's not how you see them, how do you see them? And he's like, yeah, I see them as resources, yeah. possible allies, possible enemies. Like, he's so tactical, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and... I don't fault him for that because yeah, that's, true. that's still part of the learning and the upbringing, right? Yeah. So from there, it's just like, no, it's like, I don't need to see them as that to give them some respect and to talk to them yeah. normally mm-hmm. or anything like that. But at the same time, it's just like, again, yeah. Why, why would I look at them as anything else when I can outmaneuver them? I can do everything. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's your favorite dog at this point. Yeah. And, and I'm it's... not being evil. I'm just, that's what it is. So mm-hmm. yes. There you go. And it's it's going to be interesting to watch because I feel like there'll be a switch at some point from him going to their resources to, ooh, every species is really interesting because the Thrawn that we're seeing right now wouldn't have an interest in actually taking Hera's Kalakori, right? No. He's just looking at it and be like, hmm. I think I he would, I think he would just because he can study now. it more in detail. That's the only reason I would think so. I don't maybe. Know. Yeah. If you just looked at it, you wouldn't be able to make it out all. You have to take a look and turn it around and like you know actually. No, take no, the no time. But like, then taking it and like taunting her with it. I see. Of. Yeah, mm. being a collector yeah, of yeah. our pieces. Um, exactly. Yeah, it not not. Be, yeah, exactly. Because that I feel like the throne right now wouldn't be like I'll put this in a place of honor. It'd be like I'm gonna burn this. Yeah. Just so it can be like I can throw hair off more with this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it, and it'll be an interesting shift to see because I think that'll be more of Aralani's influence on him mm. because at that point it'll be like, okay, you know, you're going to be exiled. You're going to be all this because that's we know that's going to happen mm. uh, probably at the end of this series or whatever it is. But I think the second book is always the book that really builds up the characters except for alphabet squadron really. now that we know, <laughs> now that we know these yeah, characters that one shatters the characters yeah because this one we'll, we'll probably see it's like okay all these things are happening like i think the because with some of the nicardoon ships they were using like bubbles of people in the in the shields or whatever mm. right so from there he's just like no we can't just fire on that and then now it's gonna be like the well why oh because resource and we don't want to piss anybody off it's like no, because those are living beings and we mm. can't just destroy them. I think that's going to sink more from Arlani into him. they be like, yeah, no, no, people are fine. And already by seeing this, he's going to see maybe not that this, oh, people are good and we should help, but more like people are more interesting and I should look at them more in that way to help me analyze them right. more. Because 
clearly it worked with what Airlani does. So why discard that and why discredit that? No, incorporate yeah. that into your thinking and then grow. I think that's more of his mentality on that point. And that that could actually make his speech even more personal to him, right? Because he does say, you know, you have to understand their the people, their history, their art, and he's doing one of those right now, right? Mm-hmm. He's doing the art. So then from Aralani, if he can be like, oh, history, oh, with these two combined, these are people, exactly. not just interesting animals. The only thing that is kind of soured my opinion of this book entirely, and it's something we talked about before, where it's just it's an inherent problem with prequel books. Mm is the fact that I under, like, you know, if this was just the first Thrawn book and there was nothing else about him, which couldn't work with our real yeah. lifetime line, but I'd be interested the entire time. And the the twist of the ending that I know from the, the first Thrawn book, which is not a prequel, would hit so much harder. But I know by the time we finish this trilogy that, you know, I'm assuming, granted, I could be wrong, but either this trilogy ends or in between this trilogy and the next trilogy, everything Thrawn works for might go down the crowd like we know he ends up on a ends up banished right all i'm gonna say is wait till you read the first three thrawn books yes like you're the second one more so than anything Mm, yeah um but i feel like pay attention to the relationships he makes with the people that are close to his allies bucky arlani thalius Thalius, and to some some extent some macro um because Look at the effect he's having on them. And Shiri, even. And then Sh- mm. Shiri, too, yeah. Because with the aristocracy, again, at the end of it, he gets exiled, but it's not necessarily... Uh, how far are you in that first book? He's uh, not finished yet. He's like three quarters. Uh, yeah. I, say this I, I got to the part where disassembling droids and stuff like that. And... Oh, the buzz droids? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying, yeah trying to figure out all of their really, really stuff. Keep yeah, yeah. That part. It's a good point. <laughs> I won't, I won't say what I was going to then. Mm. because um keep that mentality because it might actually be interesting if no by the time the last book comes off this you probably finish but it'll be an interesting (laughs) perspective to have going into these because dan and i know something different Mm -hmm. how different and we'll get into that we'll get into the thron books soon yeah hopefully Mm. but it's not a confirmed thing so we can't even say for sure right it could be a completely wrong uh, thought process but the way these books line it up it's just like and now reading these, you're starting to see some kind of picture form, but it's still okay. very ob- ob- obfuscated. So yeah. you don't know for sure. Um, so okay, I am gotcha. looking forward to, like, Greater Good is out. Mm. So that's something to get into. Yeah, I'll be listening um, to that soon. But at the same time, it's like, that first book is still one of my favorites. The second one I thought I'd like a lot more. The third one's great. But I really, if I had to go and listen to one over and over, it'd be the first one. Mm. Oh, from the it's parts so I've good. read from the first book, it's so, just watching Thrawn adapt and thrive yeah. in that first book, oh my god. It's yeah. so, it's I mean, so fulfilling. It's, yeah, it's, right? We're, we're slowly getting into spoilers for new books. The one thing I just wanted to uh, get back on to for the book, mm. uh, the final point I have for the book is uh, at the oh, yeah, very yeah, end, yeah, we have uh, a character that's like unnamed for a minute. And then he's talking to Kilori of Yuandualon, which is the yeah. Pathfinder. And, like, he's still kind of out there, and Thrawn knows his secret, but, like, Kilori's kind of by himself, and he's like, what the hell do I do now with the, the cartoon being all destroyed and stuff? Mm. And this character is like, I am going to destroy the, the Chiss Ascendancy, and I need you. <laughs> and he's like, just remember the name Jixtus. And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Just, just just because we were talking about it earlier, I the last part like the last part of the book was interesting and it was very you know cool Ominous. to listen to. Yeah, 
but it was such an anime moment for yes. me. Yeah. Where it was just like, yes, now that act one is done, the big bad Madara, not Madara, yeah. is going to appear now. And you can listen to my much more sinister and yeah. evil. Plan. It's not Toby, it was, it's Madara. Yeah. 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 It was just it's like uh, I am I am the new I am the near, except hopefully this will be better than near. Go oh. back to Death Note again. But yeah, Jixtus is interesting. The thing I'm obviously most interested in is the fact that he's like, ah, yes, Yiv was a blunt instrument, and most of us knew it wasn't going to work, yeah. but we watched it with interest. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, Learning so the next part's going to be... The chess. Yeah, and the next part's going to be like, ah, now we're now it's Mind Games 2, Electric Boogaloo, with a slightly smarter or antagonist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how it works. <laughs> oh, man. It, see, I, I don't know if I appreciate how much you've held off on reading the first trilogy into getting to this one, yeah. because okay. it's such a different perspective, and it's so interesting to see. Dan and I know of this next kind of thing, because oh, it's okay. gone into in these ones, <clears throat> at least we think. Partially. There might be another, <laughs> here's these guys now. Mm. It's like, here's Dio at the end, and I'm going to level you guys up by spending <laughs> you all yeah. these other people, where I should just do it myself from the start and wipe you. But, you yeah. know, whatever. Like, it's that it's that kind of gameplay where it mm. feels like. So I'm not sure if this is going to be these guys coming into play now, because the way... I won't even say that. It's it's so difficult not to talk no, about I, I, it. No, I, I get what you mean. Ironically, we're going to have the exact opposite perspective soon because one of my favorite JoJo parts, since you mentioned it, is coming is going to be animated soon. Mm. And you and Dan haven't seen Stone Ocean, but I've read all of Stone Ocean. Mm. Um, so we're, we'll get that opposite perspective. But yeah, for this one, I, also I, I was also going to say, talking JoJo's again, the, this, <laughs> this reveal is like the end of part two. We see the coffin coming out of the water. <laughs> it's just like, ah, <laughs> the next scene. <laughs> Time for the next part. Was, but oh, yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that they talk about this this part. Yeah. In, some, uh, of it, some of yeah. it. Now, I just wanted to... So new. Well, also then, just pl- uh, from that as well, I guess we should have mentioned this earlier, but, you know, fr- how this fits into the timeline, this is during the mid to end of the Clone Wars, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna have another twenty-ish years where we're gonna be seeing Thrawn's adventures before um, we get into the original Thrawn trilogy. So that'll be interesting as well to see how far it goes. Because that was one thing I was also curious about: is Thrawn seems like he's in his twenties-ish, and this I assume he's young, early twenties, right? yeah, yeah, early twenties at least. So that would mean, assumedly, when he's in Rebels, he's in his forties or yeah. really early fifties. Makes sense, yeah. Well, it's not yeah. Exactly, that makes sense. And we don't know the actual lifespan of a chiss and that's a good point yeah because the patriarch he's old and they describe him as old but he's still Mm. like spry and sneaking around and all that stuff yeah yeah and a good you know able to take on callus and in this exactly yeah and the droids and everything so if he's like 50 55 by that point it's just like all right nothing yeah yeah like not to mention fighting people on coruscant and all that to do like this grand master with a stick and he's just like i shall also stick fight (laughs) <laughs> and that is also something that i was kind of interested in and i'm curious how they'll it sounds like they've already resolved it but there is an interesting will they won't they it's it's kind of like uh rogue one i found mm-hmm. yeah. between thrawn and aralani where it's like oh is this just a professional friendship is this just a friendship because there's there the only teasing moment is there's like the part where in one of the flashbacks it's like oh she touches his arm and I was just like, oh, what does that mean? Well, then yeah. seeing seeing everything from this book, assumedly, they're just, they just really respect each other and they're good friends, right? Yeah, because yeah, from that, it was just like, you know, when the whole art thing, let me show you the art. And then we'll go, I was like, are we on a date? Is this a Yeah, date? all right. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, well, he, with him, you really can't tell because he mm-hmm. doesn't have that or show yeah. that. 
at any and time. and so far from all the Thrawn lore that I know, he's never had a partner. Right, yeah. he's never been interested in anybody. And so that was the other thing with Thalius, where I was like, oh, is this a thing that you know? I, it's it's a weird it doesn't kind seem of like thing it. where I feel like he sees Aralani as either a sister of the same age or almost mm. a big sister. Yes, because, big sister. Like yeah, because yeah, he does respect her a lot. There's yeah. some. There's sometimes where in I guess you'll get into it. He pulls jokes with her and yeah. he's very he's very smart with her at some points annoyingly so and mm-hmm. i think at some points it's just to piss her off yeah and she intellectually best friends yeah, yeah and, th- and there's a couple of moments like that like i like when she becomes commandant and uh he's like ah oh, i did tell you that you'd you'd reach this point and she's like i thought you said i'd reach admiral he's like oh yeah. no you're gonna get there you're on your way mm-hmm. yeah this is just one step and it was just like that that respect i really like that right yeah. where you can see you can kind of see that thing that kind of carries over from Rebels, where if Thrawn respects you and you live up to that respect, it's just immediate, like, trust, mm-hmm. right? Like, we see, like I said, we see that thing with Eli, where he's like, oh, he's learning. He's willing to learn from me. And he actually takes these lessons to heart, as opposed to Constantine, where he's like, I gave him the chance with the Architens, and he just failed miserably. Yep. And at this point, I'm just going to use him as a subordinate because he's not that useful. <laughs> Oh look, he screwed up the plan, and I still I love that line. Adelon where he goes, "Hopefully Constantine's." I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Hopefully Constantine's massive fuck up doesn't destroy this operation. Yeah, let's start the landing, force them to ground. Right? It's just oh man, and it's interesting too because again, contrasting from Rebels, we get to see that point where, you know, it's it's more extreme in Rebels, but just seeing that thing where he goes, "Hey." Every single step that we're making here, we're gathering more information for the master plan, right? Because mm. in Rebels, it's not, you know, Rebel victory, Rebel victory, Rebel victory, almost crushing Rebel defeat. It's just, hey, here are these steps. They're all going pretty well. There's one or two little setbacks. And then at the end, there's kind of a larger setback, but it might not be master plan, right? But it is, it is something that I still love from Rebels where it's like, hey, look at all these minor victories that the Rebels are getting. None of them matter because the end goal is I'm going to wipe them off the face of the galaxy. Yep. Yeah. And it almost works, except Jedi devilry quotes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like they think they're winning. They think they're winning. Oh, yeah, let them, let them. It's fine. Do you fear the storm, Master Jedi? Yeah. It's just like that. That that moment. I, I that one moment between like, ah, he's trying to get under my skin. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, from there, uh, now that we've, I think, said everything that we want to say about the first Thrawn book. Let's get into the rankings. All right, so rankings. This is, I think, a first for us uh, (laughs) because we all have the exact same ranking number here, and I think it makes sense why. So uh, I'll start off here because Dan pointed out that I never start off. So uh, yeah, I'm giving this one a nine. Um, I really liked it. This book was really good, and you know we've talked about all the reasons why. I mean, the politics infuriated me, but it wasn't infuriated in the same way where it's like, I don't understand what's happening to the Twilight Squadron characters. Or, you know, it it feels like to me it could have been something that I would have enjoyed more, but they went on their own path. This is just like, the politics infuriate me, but I'm like, I understand it. I understand it because Zahn's built up this world to make sense. And we, I understand how shitty real world politicking and backstabbing and stuff like that becomes. Have you seen the Ontario government? Oh, God. Yeah, right. That whole shit show. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because I understand what shit politics look like. Plus, you know, we had four years of our neighbors down south. People in the States are going to be like, what's Ontario? (laughs) Yeah. Ironically, they've heard about four. Yeah, they've they've heard about both four brothers now because they're both such fuck ups. But, anyways, that's politics getting into it. Yeah, because I understand those kinds of things. 
I understand why all of this is happening. And it's just, it's such a good, it's such a good book just overall, right? The characters are great. The, the story is great. The motivations, the, um, the setbacks, the planning, it's all just done very well, right? And it's interesting, I think, because I think one thing that we didn't talk about a lot is there's a lot of tension in this book, even though I know what's going to happen with most of these characters, right? Well, actually, that's not true. I know what's going to happen to one of these characters, but there are a lot of points where I'm going, oh, how's Thrawn going to get out of this? How is he going to adapt to this? What's going to happen here, right? Why are these flashbacks important? And that's another thing that I love is the entire point with the flashbacks. I was like, okay, these are cool, but these just look like, you know, more reasons why Thrawn's had to struggle against the aristocracy and then it ties itself together i'm going oh man this makes sense and now i understand with the the leo whatever's why you know this is a huge setback for thrawn and something that he thinks about and one of the big missteps that he even learns from so overall yeah this book is slow sometimes but just masterpiece altogether it's so good and uh yeah that's about all i've got to say about that so uh Dan, how about you, who we kind of know your result already, because I said it in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Nine. Nine out of ten. And uh, there is... I have never given anything a nine out of ten for the books that we've reviewed so far, but I, I, I honestly, I agree with everything you just said and everything that we've talked about before um, in the like the breakdown and everything like that in the review. It was just... It's just, like I said, a master class in writing a story and mm -hmm. making you care about the characters making you want to know what happens in the unknown regions with the chiss with everybody right and that's the thing for me it's i want to care about the characters i want to get a story that hooks me and wants me like keeps me there because you don't know what thron's thinking and you want to know just like Samacro, just like arlani just like Thalius. you want to know what he's thinking but you don't know until it actually happens which i think now that I think about it, why Zahn does it the way he does and why, why that's a tick with Thrawn is because he wants to keep the reader in the dark as well. If he explains mm. it, there's no surprise and you don't care because you oh, know what's going to happen. And that's exactly it, right? Like, mm. Thrawn but is amazing. To that same point, right, one of the reasons this has worked so well is because that is a reoccurring Thrawn thing. It was an heir to the Empire. It wasn't Rebels. It's in this now. Yep. And it was in the original Thrawn trilogy, right? It's just, it's just a character facet of Thrawn of just keeping all the stuff in your head. And so only the more people, people know, the more know. chance there is to fuck it up, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Not much else I can add to it, apart from yeah. I want to see book two. I'm I'm starting <laughs> 30 minutes into it already, and I can't wait to get to it next. Mm -hmm. All right. And Ed, because Dan pointed it out, I also noticed, for me and Dan, this is our first nine. For you, this is your second nine, with your other one being Tarkin, which I do understand that point, too. So the two books are kind of similar. But yeah, what are your thoughts on it's the mind play it's the plans between plans between plans between mm. you i love when i'm reading something to i like to be that detective guy to go through and be like oh yeah and then i'm gonna mm. put this and this and this and this is gonna happen and i love when i'm wrong because <laughs> that's just like you you had no clue but because you were so confident you were so focused you wanted to get there and then you just have to stop and be like come again you did mm. what the only the only reason this didn't get a 10 is because there were a few things that were pretty like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can see that. For the first book, whenever we review that, I'm already going to tell you from the start I'm giving it a 10 just Dang. because of everything that it's gone through and okay. everything that I know from it now. Like, the other ones wouldn't be close. Like, the second one would be, I'll tell you right now, the second one would be an 8 and, or a 7.5, and the third one might be an 8. Mm -hmm. But okay. 
at this point yeah that one was so it was so similar to this in terms of the building everything and showing the history and showing how his mind works like mm. that because in heir to the empire we from that point was just like yeah this guy's a tactical genius he, he knows how to work people and he had rook and he had all those things like mm. everything you expected that seeing how it all developed and how it formed to the empire side mm. That was very interesting. Seeing on this side how it was formed from the ascendancy and how he's going to take that forward. Mm. Amazing. The only reason it doesn't also get a 10 is because I'm waiting. If it didn't end off with the whole, yes, now we're going to come through and try to destroy it. It's like, okay, but like when? Because you have now, is this going to happen directly after? If you say it happens like five, 10 years after, that means the second book, if you're going to have another one after that, it's going to be very rushed between, okay, so at the end of that book, okay, now you're gone. Like, mm. It has to be right away. There's yeah. no buildup. There's no anything. So these ones have to be, sorry, greater good. And then one after have to be extremely huge mm. because I want everything. This is a great start. But if it turns out that we get less and less after this, that it's a tentative nine. I'm hoping mm. to give it a 10 by the end of the series because that if it turns sense. out, I will come back and I will make that a 10, but we'll see. And you do you do bring up a good point that I didn't really think about, which is, you know, in original Heirs of the Empire, when we first see Thrawn, he already knows everything about Mon Calamari, right? In the first battle that he just eviscerates the enemy in, he goes, oh, well, I know Mon Calamari art, I know this, I know this, so that means this with their ships, especially since they like art ships, or they, you know, their ships are works of art, you know, I know this and this and this and this. And, you know, we're introduced to that, he, you know. He's a tactical genius because he knows everything about the species and interprets that into war. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. And it's interesting. And it was a neat facet when it came out. Now that we actually get to see how that built up yeah, and the evolution of that. Yeah, that's a, that's another facet that's definitely really interesting. And then something else that you said as well is, you know, trying to guess where the, the plots are going. And I feel like part of the reason that you probably like the original book more is because in this book, you know, some of the things that we get, some of the, the facets of his plan, they're things that we don't know just because we don't know that part of the universe, right? Mm. As opposed to the Thrawn 1 book, you know, the original Thrawn book, where it's like we are playing within the playground of the knowledge that we all know. And so from there, yeah, that mind game becomes a lot more interesting. It's like we're no longer Pelion, but we're we're yeah. still we we don't know enough yet, but we can yeah. make those jumps. We can make those leaps, and maybe we'll land one foot on there and then fall backwards. Mm. But it's still we've gotten close. Whereas Pelion, yeah. he's just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you do the thing, and every yeah. time it's just like. And he full on says, like, I have no idea what you're doing, mm -hmm. but you tell me something to do, I'll do it because I know it'll work. Yeah. Like, that's what, where we were at for the beginning of the whole Thrawn everything. Mm -hmm. So to see us eventually get there, he's imagine, read this, read the original series, and then go back and read Heir to the Empire, and you're just going to sit there just like, <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it's it's... I'm along for the ride. I'm enjoying the ride. It's going to be a fantastic set. I am willing to come back to this and definitely, I mean, upgrade this. Like I said, upgrade this score to a 10. The, only because, like, yeah, I need I need these other books to be mm -hmm. not even just as good. They have to be better. And I believe they oh, will. Oh, yeah. And, I mean. Because there's so much more you can get into. Now that we have all that stuff established, mm. there's no need to put time into that. So there's just yeah. time for everything else to really grow and really go like i want to see 
something happened to this. I've been cussing too much in this episode. <laughs> no, that's okay. Something happened to these bastards in the, uh, well, the ascendancy, the ascendancy. version of yeah. the Senate. Like, yeah. I, the syndics. <laughs> yeah, they need to, they did get a kind of a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. They need a punch now. Yeah. Because they're still not getting it. And I want to see something rock their foundation of this let them hit us first mentality to the point where they break it. The aftermath of this war, like this small little battle, I think is going to be, that's going to start that. It's gonna, The change is going to yeah. start where more people are going to start talking about it, but it's still not be enough. Right. Mm. But they, I feel like they're going to break it themselves, then get mad because Thrawn was right all along and yep. made them look stupid. Yeah. So then they're going to send more him revenge. out. Yes. But it's not going to be like, we're sending you out because you fucked up. We're sending you out because we're mad at you and you made us look like fools. Yeah. How dare you be like, right? Yeah, yeah. right? It's like, <laughs> we're going to weaken ourselves, but we don't care because fuck you. And he's mm. like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Like, And that's a good point because, you know, we see in the original Thrawn trilogy, he has no interest in returning, right? No. He's like, I'm done with that. With with whatever happened in the Ascendancy. As far as I know from, from what he said so far in the first book. Mm. Where he just, he tells Eli, like, he's like, yeah, I don't, the Ascendancy is going to do what it wants. I'm doing this now. Mm-hmm. And now that I know that there's someone who appreciates me, you know, that means that I'm now fully devoted to this cause. So, And then who knows? Hopefully now with the new direction that they're going off of with current Star Wars stuff, that means we'll have a return to Thrawn coming back and doing stuff that's not oh, going to make me want to burn planets to the ground. I'm 100% like, um, when they bring Thrawn back, everyone's going to, like, their minds are going to be blown. I guarantee it. I hope so. It's going to be good. I hope so. I because I don't think they'll kill him per se, but there's a reason he wasn't around for Jakku. And, well, not Jakku. Sorry, he wasn't around for the uh, First Order and mm-hmm. all those guys and everything like that. Like, yeah. yeah, and I mean that's that's a whole other thing I'm curious about is because I mean you know in the original Heirs of the Empire, Thrawn goes out in an incredibly inglorious way. Yeah, um, it made sense yeah. though, right? He yeah he he overplayed himself a little bit too much. Um, and I can see that it, like it. it if he dies in canon where he like he overplays and he's overconfident but like he thought it was gonna work and mm-hmm. like that just is what his own down his own downfall is i think that's a sw- bittersweet death for him right well we'll see right because the other interesting thing is you literally at this point it is now impossible for them to do the original thrawn death yeah right? because because the person yeah <laughs> kills him they've killed yeah. The, yeah exactly the person who's supposed to, yeah sorry like uh, like i said i don't know if i got cut off or not but yeah the person who's supposed to kill him is dead. Yeah. So <laughs> what's going to happen? And we didn't even get into that whole thing because, uh, you know. I don't want to get into that whole thing. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was frustrating seeing that. It was just like, of all yeah. the people to get him done, you, after everything I know of him, you, yeah. fuck's sake. He didn't, he didn't expect the Lady Vader card, and I can't really blame him for that. <laughs> nah. <laughs> all right. But, you know. Well, with that being said, we've done a little bit of a longer uh, conversation than we usually do with our rankings, but I think that it definitely makes sense with uh, a book like this. So, with that having wrapped up, let's head into the outro. Welcome to the end of this episode of Temple Archives. If you stuck around this long, thank you very much. We appreciate you listening to us uh, <laughs> screaming our praises about Thrawn. And it's definitely something that we'll be doing for a little bit because our next episode is the second book in this prequel, and that is Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good. 
So we're going to have a lot of subparts for the next book as well, or subtitles for the next book as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, before we head out, we just want to tell you one more time about the contest that we're doing. So, uh, Dan, do you mind telling the listeners about that? Yeah. So we have a a giveaway that's coming out on May the 4th, and it's going to go until May the 31st. And you can enter on two different social media platforms. Twitter, you can enter by... Actually, before I say how you enter, let's talk about what you're going to win. Possibly. You can win a, a copy of Limited Run Games, Star Wars Republic Commando Collector's Edition for the PlayStation 4. And to do that, you will have to retweet and share a link of one of our episodes with the hashtag VoiceForcePod on Twitter to enter. Your winner is announced on May 31st, and the delivery of it is in October or around that time when it is actually released. Instagram, you can also enter. We're going to basically pull the names from both of these places to put into a big hat, and then we're going to randomly choose one with a random generator. And uh, for this, uh, all you have to do is uh, must be following the Instagram account, like the post that we post for this give- for this giveaway, and tag one friend in, uh, one friend in a comment below. And if you repeat the third step by tagging one person in the comment, you can get more entries depending on how many people you put in. So if you put five separate comments and each person, each one is one person, you have five entries, right? Just make sure you don't put in celebrities or company. Don't tag companies or celebrities because that won't count towards your entry. And uh, yeah, enjoy that. It's a really cool package. I described it at the beginning of the show and uh, it's a really awesome thing. And you can take a look at it on limiterungames.com really nice so may the force be with you right may the fourth there we go all right thanks dan and before we head out in order to get a hold of us if you have any questions or comments or queries or anything about this book we'd love to hear from you and uh if you do ed do you mind telling the listeners how they can get a hold of us absolutely so if you found this episode on either our website voicetheforce.com or if you found it on any of the podcast sites that you listen to and you have questions you have things you want to say or you just want to also revel in all the throng that we revel in and want to just send us your love for him as well you can email us at the voice of the force at gmail.com or if you're more of a social media buff and you like you have twitter you have instagram and you're already entering the contest why not drop another message and you can find us on both of those sites at Voice Force Pod. Uh, if you're already retweeting for the, the contest, retweet anything you see there as well. It's just sending all the vibes around, sending all the positive stuff around. That's always good. And it is very much appreciated as it helps grow the listener base. But you should listen, rate, review, and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all major podcast platforms. If you do leave us a five-star review, we'll appreciate you a lot more. There's no brag. We'll show you out on the podcast, and we'll let people know what your review says, and, uh, yeah, kind of give you a shout-out. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. There's there's a separate thing we have called Voice of the Fans, and that can be anything from showing something that you found on the net that you think deserves a shout-out or something you've personally done yourself or just some you want to send feel-good vibes out, too. That's Totally great. And like Dan said, we will mention you on the podcast for sure. But you should definitely, definitely, definitely follow because it is for, you follow for free. So there's mm-hmm. nothing not to other than like, oh, I just don't feel like it. And really, 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 <laughs> you can not feel like it and click a button. That's it. It's great. It's easy. And you'll get new episode releases. I think you'll get notifications to them right away as soon as they release. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly yeah. right. That's right. So yeah, that's another reason you should. Yeah, so definitely check that out. 
All right. Well, thank you for that. And from all of us here at Temple Archives and Voice of the Force, once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.